0: Hello, Welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast. Please, if you are listening for the first time, if you are a regular listener, hit subscribe. Tell all your friends to hit subscribe. You don't even ever have to, have to listen to us again. Just hit subscribe. Pay it forward and, and hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. This is episode 50. I am your host, John. With me here, I have my co-host, Jeff. Jeff, how are you this week? Great, Johnny Case. Good to talk ta- to you. It's Tarantino week, buddy. It is. It's Tarantino we, week everywhere. Yeah, I know, I know. It's probably Tarantino the last two weeks, I would guess. And it's been several weeks since we podcasted, so apologies to the listeners. It's summer hiatus. It's like when The Sopranos took like three years off in between seasons, or Game of Thrones took three years off, I should say, in between seasons. It's kind of like that, when we take three weeks off. It's it's summertime. It's not easy.
1: Yeah, you know, hey, you're down the shore. Uh, there's Jersey traffic. There's a whole bu- a whole bunch of
0: excuses. So wait, Jersey traffic is keeping us from podcasting. Yeah, of course it does. Long the lines night. at the at the fuel pumps.
1: It's a fucking night. yeah.
0: <laughs> Jersey traffic can I blame I can blame Jersey traffic for everything. Jersey traffic has been especially I. I would say Jersey and Philly traffic have been especially bad this summer. I've been really pissed off because uh, once the kids are done school, I expect that the traffic's going to lighten up a little bit in the morning. It's been—why am I talking about fucking traffic? We we might have people from fucking Mountain View, California listening, and I'm talking about Jersey traffic. Fucking how uninteresting can you get? Well, they know how bad traffic is out in California. California is worse. I can't even compare Jersey traffic to sitting on the fucking 405 in california you're right though the traffic has been bad this summer hasn't it like i I can't explain it it. yeah it's uh is it fucking mercury retrograde or some shit is that what that does that explain it yes that's the reason (laughs) can you blame everything bad in your life on mercury and retrograde (laughs) and uh, my chakras are out of out of whack yeah i don't (laughs) i don't know it's just so strange. I, I feel like uh I've had I've had a flat tire for half the summer. I've had it repaired like three times. I, I've had the whole uh, like it, it's been plugged twice. The fucking thing went flat on me down the shore. when I when I was on vacation, <laughs> I had to take it to a Sunoco station to get it fixed. Oh, I'm yeah, on so th- my I vacation.
1: Have, I'm so tired of feeling my, my one. I have one tire. It's through, throughout the winter has been low and then it continues to be low. How was your uh, how was your short vacation? Anything interesting?
0: Uh, nothing interesting. I mean, you, you have the whole family all together, so there's always a good dynamic there. Um, when you, you shove, like, it's four couples, right? So it's me and my both my sisters, and, and, you know, Gary and Mike, you know, their husbands, and then my parents, and then you got the three kids. Um, so, I mean, and it's getting better because the kids are getting older, so it's not as crazy. Uh, they used to just run around the house screaming all week, and, and that's right. not happening anymore. And I feel like the adult couples are finally learning how to just survive the week with one another. Where <laughs> some people who would normally do shit that would drive you you know, fucking crazy, they've somehow managed to figure out after like six or seven years now that maybe I shouldn't do those things. Because <laughs> it tends to piss everybody the fuck off. So, you know, I think we've all figured that out and uh, it's good now. And it's Jersey Shore, so it was perfect. Perfect week. Yeah. Avalon, New Jersey is beautiful for anyone who ever visits. I highly recommend it.
1: 100 degrees. I went to kill myself that week. It's like 97. So it was,
0: it was 100 back home, right here. And then Jersey Shore it was only like 85 that week. Yeah. It was beautiful. Body yeah, we didn't have any humidity. And now we're talking about fucking weather patterns in, <laughs> in New Jersey. Again, very uninteresting for the fucking listener, especially because we're talking about weather from three weeks ago. It's not even like we're giving a forecast for tomorrow. I'll talk about, hey, remember when it was fucking hot that day? Yeah, did you wear shorts? Yeah, I did too. Oh, I fucking, I must have drank a gallon of water that day. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, remember that Remember that ice storm in 90, uh, 95? Oh, I fucking slipped outside. I remember I slipped. I dropped my keys. <laughs> um. Anyway, we wanted to talk about Tarantino this week. Yes. Um, you and I both saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would love to give our grade, and and I have to say, the spoiler alert: I'm going to talk about the movie.
1: Yeah, we're talking about everything from it. Well, we haven't even talked about it yet, but we're we're. Um, yeah, if you if you haven't seen it yet, then just uh, look into look in the captions and see when we stop talking about it.
0: Right, I will um I will post timestamps for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so at least you know. Don't listen between you know X and Y, and then you know we'll talk about other. I, I'm sure we're going to touch on some other Tarantino stuff. Um, but I, I can't worry about those spoiler alerts if you haven't seen him now. It's fucking, he's on Netflix every month. Yeah. Um, and then we also have to talk about a, the bachelorette finale. Oh my god, one of the best finales, one of the best seasons,
1: I mean, of just television.
0: Was it? I mean, I only have one other one to compare it to and that was last season besides that Tristan Ryan one from however long ago that was that I fucking watched that. It was it was phenomenal this year. It, I loved it. It, it
1: had everything. I mean, it was as compelling as shit. and uh, you know the, the all the people all the stories were great. Hannah carried it. I mean, from the girl that couldn't couldn't even give a toast to that idiot Colton. like she was couldn't even stumbled over that as a pageant girl. like she carried the show and she was good. and she was real. It was awesome,
0: yeah, that was definitely a low point for her was that toast that she failed at. We named a podcast episode after that fucking failed toast. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Um, but no, I, she, she annoyed me at certain parts um of this season because, you know, there was a lot of crying and I can't handle that. I'm not used to being with a woman who cries that often. Hmm. Um She certainly does. Does Melinda well, cry a lot? Is she a crier? Well, uh... All I'll say, Johnny,
1: is wait till your daughter is about to go to college and your wife is PMSing, and then we'll <laughs> talk about
0: we'll talk about shedding tears. Okay.
1: Okay. Right. Just,
0: I'm losing my fucking mind over here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um. Is now wait? Did Chloe? Did she just do orientation? Yeah, uh,
1: Chloe uh, and Melinda flew down and registered for classes
0: and had orientation. Okay. So, how long was the orientation? What was it like three days it or something? Day, it was a day and a half. Day and a half. Three days or so, yeah. What do they do? They fucking put balloons in between their bodies and they hug each other until they squeeze or something like no, that? No, no. stupid little games?
1: No, it wasn't that stuff. It was more, no, it was more just information and then uh, she did meet a group of people. Like, you know, they're so, uh, so in tuned, this generation, with getting online and they they figured out who was at the orientation just just based on Instagram she basically yeah. got a group of friends that met she met up like the first night they went out i mean they went out to a club like they were just you know there there was no of uh, the getting to know you stuff like we had
0: to go through when we went to college it was so awkward and i was jesus christ i was a little fucking dork you know i still i still hadn't fully grown I, I, you know, I, I don't think I even, I wasn't really that great at talking with, you know, I, I was able to talk to girls I went to high school with, but they weren't there at, at St. Joe's. So I just had to talk to, you know, people that was just meeting and I had zero self-confidence. I, I fucking hated orientation at, at college. I hated it. Yeah. I to it, myself.
1: it was tough. I remember we had, first of all, it was really, it was all that rah-rah shit. I really don't like. It's just so, you know, we, I'll never forget. <clears throat> we had, uh, so our slogan was challenge each day the Wildcat way, um, which incidentally I, I have done for the past 29 years. Yeah. You know, unless you think I haven't. But I remember, I'll never forget. It's the weirdest thing. We, we had, we were at one point, so we're going around campus. He's showing us around. And, you know, of course, they made us say things or, you know, get involved and, like, give ourselves a nickname. So I I, I said I was Jazzy Jeff. You know, I mean, I don't know why.
0: And and then. That's a great nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Jazzy Jeff. so, So appropriate. And I'll never
1: forget. It was a. So at one point, we're in an auditorium. And so they would just show kind of scenes of like Villanova and they would show like pictures of students and, you know, just the typical shit. And this is like before PowerPoint, obviously. So it would just be like, you know, almost like a slideshow. And then every time up on the board, it said challenge each day, the Wildcat way, the whole place would applaud like and cheer. And I'm kind of like looking around like, are we really cheering for this this is fucking odd like what the fuck <laughs> what the what the, what is and then during that presentation they were playing a music and the music was bruce hornsby and it was <laughs> which song I, mandolin mandolin rain no it was the other one like the about about civil rights or something like the depressing one um that's just the way it is yes that's just oh uh, what So every time the chorus, every time, that's just the way it is. Every every time after that chorus,
2: the
1: screen would say, like, challenge each day the Wildcat way. I I, I swear I think I'm remembering this properly. And then everyone would be cheering. It was just a weird, it was such an odd.
0: They had had all drank the Kool-Aid, and they didn't leave you a fucking cup of it. No. So you were looking around like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, yeah, don't do I have to buy into this to get laid? Like, I don't, you know, I guess I'll do it. I don't know what what the hell (laughs) is happening. No, clearly you realize that didn't matter. I mean, yes, you had to be a fan of Villanova sports, obviously being a Villanova student, which you were. So you love the teams. um, But yeah, you don't have to be rah, rah about the school itself.
1: I don't know. It was just, yeah, but, but you know, the ultimate point is it's all just so hokey. And so, you know, I just, I but not it, now. It's like for children. It's just for children. Yeah, it's like not, they're not for con-
0: like you're starting kindergarten.
1: Right. I mean, we did everything, but like you know, get those tents and 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 put them up in the air like a balloon, you know, like a jamboree or something. Like you know, it's like a Christian fucking youth group. <laughs> right. That you know. right. We we were, we did everything but that. But the Bruce Hornsby really stuck with me. When I hear that song to this day, I'm like. I had to talk to somebody. I had to talk to a fellow freshman and ask them if they remember this.
0: Uh, Out of everything you described, that actually sounds like the most enjoyable part was, oh, at least they were playing that Bruce Hornsby song that I know. I could (laughs) have fucking been singing along to it (laughs) while I was bored to fucking tears. (laughs) (laughs) Could you guys keep all this fucking cheering down? I'm trying to get the rest of this song. (laughs) Right. Because they passed
1: the law in 64. Give those we ain't got a little more.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tupac, uh, he stole that for his own version of that's the way it is you, uh, you yeah. must be familiar with that i song. am as i actually I, like that
1: yeah as the 90s re- recede into the uh rear view i miss them
0: more than i thought i would while i was living them the 90s so which which era had better music the 90s or the 80s for you it's
1: the 80s hands down. Uh, the '90s, I was way out of it. At a certain point, like after college, I just was listening to the same old shit I had, and I was listening to Six Ten all the time. So I wasn't really listening to anything. Okay. And all that, and all that like, Hootie and the Blowfish and Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jones. I mean, that was just all bullshit to me. All that, all that stuff. So, so, so Counting Crows, you were out. Like it, Ye- it, when, when, uh, in, when Ted. The movie Ted, the teddy bear, when he's talking about how 90s singers, you know, you, you remember that scene. Uh, how, barely. Uh, I only saw
0: that movie once.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, great movie. Um, yeah, when he's making fun of how they all sing. That's exactly w- what it, what I feel like to me. So I kind of like missed out like on the, say, the Smashing Pumpkins. I was,
0: you know, I was aware of it, but I wasn't like deep into it. That's interesting. So I, I lo- well, first of all, I'm surprised you said that. I actually thought you were going to say the 90s because of Pearl Jam. Um, and U2 was fairly huge at that point. Well, that's I know a, you're a U2 fan.
1: Well, yeah, that's all I would listen to the U2 CDs. And I just kind of focused on that. I wasn't really getting too deep in anything else.
0: Well, so, but you're still a, a bigger fan of the 80s than the 90s. Yes. Okay. I mean, I, lo- I love them both there are gems in both. It's hard for me to say. I don't know. I was, I, I listened to a lot of that shit in the nineties, uh, counting crows and definitely smashing pumpkins and all that grunge and Nirvana and Pearl jam. I loved it all, but, uh, I mean,
1: I don't know. <clears throat> when you, when you mention it like that, obviously, uh, uh, yeah, it's better music. It's stuck with me, but overall, when I'm thinking of, like I said, the the hooting the blowfish and like you know the rembrandts like all that train
0: bullshit. train were they back was then that, was drops of jupiter in the 90s or 2000s no nah, i think it was closer to 2000s okay um, all right
1: but when I,
0: yeah, everything but
1: grunge when the grunge kind of went away and it was then it was just it was just pop bullshit yeah i wasn't i wasn't down with that
0: how about dave matthews
1: yeah, Nah, not really i mean it's you know, like I said, I'm kind of aware of
0: it or, you know, I yeah, no, not a Dave Matthews fan. OK. Um, all right. So that was 80s versus 90s uh, recap for anyone who just joined. Of course, you probably didn't just join cause of the fucking podcast. So I think you kind of have to already be listening. Um, w- would you like to kick off this Tarantino conversation? Uh, so we'll do.
1: Yes, certainly. Yeah, so we, let let's let's get into it. All right, uh, do we want to? Do you want to do a ranking real quick before we talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Or everyone's been ranking the the their Tarantino movies, and I find it
0: fascinating. <laughs> we have to rank everything in life.
1: Yeah, everything's uh, a ranking, you know. but it is. It does make you think when you when you hear someone's rank, especially for these movies. Um. I, I you know, my big, my I, big, I agree. My big takeaway is not everyone loves Jackie Brown
0: as much as I do. Ah, well, people are assholes if they don't love Jackie Brown. Sorry to anyone who's listening that doesn't love Jackie Brown. I just watched it, like, a night ago. I fucking love it. I, I, I think about it, instead of a, a ranking, let's just say how many times
1: I've watched something. So, obviously, I've watched Pulp Fiction the most. And Pulp Fiction has been on cable a lot the past six months. And Jackie Brown is consistently on cable, like, you know, I'd say once a week. And every time I see it, I watch it.
0: Me so too. it's on and,
1: Showtime like every other day. Yes. And Glorious Bastards is on, seems like quite a bit. Maybe it's on Netflix now, but I watch that every time I see it. Um, and then I, you know, from there, I, I think I've only seen Django Unchained once. Oh. The Kill Bills, love the Kill Bills. Tell me about it. They're I, my favorites also. I, I think I like Kill Bill 2 maybe because of the Pi May stuff. Um, uh-huh. A little bit over one. But to me, I love them both. I watched the fuck out of those. Um, Likewise. Reservoir Dogs is never on, but I did actually watch it a little bit this week. It's on, I think, Amazon. Um, but I
0: watched the shit out of it back in the
1: day on DVD. What am I missing?
0: Uh, you talked about Pulp Fiction, Reservoir of Dogs, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Inglorious Bastards, Django, The Hateful Eight. I don't oh. think you mentioned it.
1: All right, The Hateful Eight. I just watched rewatched this week. And you know, I I can definitely see myself watching it more, but it, so I watched it on Netflix. I I, I love hateful a too. I mean, I'll keep on watching that too. It's, I guess, if, you know,
0: um, I don't remember what's, what's not to love about every one of the movies that, that you just named nothing. It's, it's difficult to rank. It really is, but we're going to try it. <clears throat> Have you seen them all in the theater or made a point to, did I see them all in the theater? Uh, or most? no. Um, Not even no. I've I've only seen maybe two of his movies in the theater. Oh, really? Which one? Yeah, Uh, I saw Pulp Fiction in the theater for sure. Mm -hmm. I saw, I saw Grindhouse, which we're not really talking about because he only did I guess one of those. I think he only did one of them. He did the Kurt Russell. I don't think uh, I. I haven't seen that. You didn't see Grindhouse? No. I would recommend it. Okay. Um, uh, let me see, and then I guess I saw Kill Bill two in the theaters. That's uh, it.
1: Okay, so I saw I saw Pulp Fiction in the theater, and I was so uh, I was so taken aback by it that I forget who I went. I, I, my sister said I took her, so maybe I took her for the first time. Yeah, I had to go see it again. Believe it or not, I took my mom. I I, I said I asked my mom to go to the movies. Now, you know, that is quite elite for me to do. But that's right. I, I wanted to see this. I kind of wanted maybe even her to see it. And then I took my dad again. So I at least went with my sister once, my mom once, and then my dad once. You, in the in took, the theater.
0: You took Meg when she was fourteen. That movie came out in ninety four. <laughs> you took her to see Pulp Fiction. I don't. Your, I don't remember your fourteen-year-old sister. I don't remember taking her, but she said that I took her and her friends. All right. Wow, that's a racy movie for uh, just turned teenagers. Well, sure. Yeah, male, male on male sodomy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was. I guess you had the heroin overdose. Yeah. Um. What, so, what's your? So, Pulp oh, Fiction. So, Pulp
1: Fiction. That's three times I saw in the theater. I saw it uh, twice in the theater. Jackie Brown, I saw once in the theater. Um, Kill Bill, I remember I saw on vacation in the theater. My kids were little, and, and we had our brother-in-law watch them, and we went to see Kill Bill one, and then um, Kill Bill two, both in the theater. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I can't remember the recent ones. I can't remember Inglorious Bastards, but I think I saw it in the theater and hateful eight i think i did too but i can't remember so maybe i didn't but the only the reason i'm asking her talking about it like this because for me this this just just became an event for me and i went and saw it twice and i'm i just i'm of the mindset now where you know we'll get into it whether i think it's you know the one of his best or towards his top or bottom ten whatever I just want to experience this as many times as I can on a big screen. You know, I have some time; I can, I can do it. I just want to take advantage of that.
0: Well, before we before we break down his well before we break down Once Upon a Time and and, and the rest of his films, however much we're gonna get into them, can I ask you: Are there any other directors that you can think of besides Tarantino where you, at at a minimum, really like all of their? work any other directors uh, I don't
1: know I, I probably not really I mean I I'm trying to think if there's a Scorsese movie I don't like but I haven't seen them all and and in fact in anticipation of the Irishman I'm going to try to I've already added like almost all of his movies on my you know my my watch list I do want to
0: get to the ones I haven't seen Um, but I don't even, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I interrupted you. Go ahead. And then I have a point. I don't, but I don't
1: know, um, a Scorsese movie I don't like. I'm not, no, there really isn't one I can think of right now under pressure.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. I, I would, I I would propose, um, Christopher Nolan where I could at least say I, I really like every one of his films i'm gonna rattle them off for you okay and, and you tell me if you if you go actually there's damn it there's one. Oh no this wasn't his okay cool so memento christopher nolan awesome right um batman begins now you might not be into the i haven't seen that oh wow okay so i mean i i believe it's i think it's really good the prestige please tell me you've seen it no Oh holy shit. You've got to see the prestige. Okay. So, um that's that's Hugh Jackman and and uh Christian Bale. Okay. Uh uh The Dark Knight, I'm assuming you haven't seen that. No. Okay. Inception. No. <laughs> oh, no. What the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> you have see- you have a lot of work to do here. I do. So you clearly haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises. No. Uh did you see Interstellar? No. You suck, you fucking blow. <laughs> uh it, Dun- it, Dunkirk.
1: It, oh, I did see I saw that in the theater.
0: Yeah, that was Christopher Nolan. Okay, okay, so that so those are all of his films. Again, like Tarantino, he's got a short list. Uh he got started a little bit later than than Quentin did, but those are all quality movies. I uh, I can't think I can't I, think of any other director that puts out all quality movies. I got one for you. Go ahead, Paul Thomas Anderson. All right, well let me take a look at PTA because I do love Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, Boogie Nights, right? Well, it starts with Hard Eight, which I have on a VCR somewhere, although so, I don't I don't remember
1: a fucking thing about it. Hard Eight. Hard Eight. Yeah, man, it was a it was his first movie and it was um it had a uh, John C. Riley in it, and uh, fuck me, whatever, doesn't matter who was in it. But it was like they were in Reno, and then it was like a, a casino type thing. That was mostly the reason I liked it. Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, Melora Walters, uh, Philip Philip Baker Hall
0: was in it. Philip Baker Hall, who's that? Where would I know Philip Baker Hall from? Uh, he
1: so he was in Magnolia. He was the um, the TV producer, um, that was Melora Walters' father, I think, and molester. Oh, her. was he?
0: Oh, and he, yes. Right. And he was
1: Bookman and Seinfeld.
0: Uh, he was also, detective. He was also Larry David's doctor on yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Or used a phone. He, he drooled on Larry's head. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did not Larry use the phone in his office? He was pissed about it. <laughs> He did, and then he, he they had an argument because Larry was asking why can't patients use the doctor's phone. He just said, it's just an old rule. It's an old rule. It's, it's, it goes, it, the, there are reasons that go back so far that it's not even worth getting into. He just refuses to tell him why. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of films. No,
1: so he's – sorry, so Boogie Nights, obviously. I just watched the end of that last night. Uh, magnolia i love and you know there will be blood there there will be blood is just so fucking tremendous i can't get enough of that um punk drunk love i have not seen so i don't know anything about that one
0: i saw it it's adam sandler um Mm. i liked it i think you really have to be a paul thomas anderson fan to like it Mm. because it 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 gets annoying at times
1: Mm. i might the master tremendous is fucking tremendous. Um, I, I ha- actually re watched that recently, it is on Netflix. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, um, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. We could talk about coming up, these guys deserve Oscars, you know. I don't know what, it, what, it, what it's going to take to give these guys. I think they always do excellent work, even Tom. Cruise.
0: Wait, Tom Cruise, yeah, I don't know how he's gonna he he. Well, I'm he thinking... could have gotten an he could have gotten an Oscar for Magnolia. He was nominated. Um, he was he nominated for that? He was. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic in that movie. I um, had,
1: you know, someone was talking about Color of Money this week, and they were and uh, a I critic, saw. Yeah, a critic was saying he was overacting, and I don't know. I thought, I thought Cruz was perfect in that movie of, like a brash, unsure of himself,
0: cocky guy, and just. I don't know. I thought he was really, I thought he was great in Color Money. I mean, I think that was his Top Gun persona. Well, you know, I I guess. cocky. you know, and that was Tom Cruise back, back then. That's kind of what you were getting when you cast him in a movie at that time. Yeah, I, I don't don't think it was overacting. um, Did you, did you see Phantom Thread? I didn't. um, I remember
1: when it was out. It should be on cable. I, I, I really liked Phantom Thread. Um, I've been made fun of for liking it. But uh, I just you have to say it before you can talk about Inherent Vice is this other one, I don't know what that is.
0: I didn't see that. But Phantom Threads with Daniel Day Lewis, right? Yes. And it's is he a designer or something like that or Yes. Okay. Um <clears throat> I it I'll put it on the list. It's not it's not at the top. I'd I'd rather re watch every Tarantino film. <laughs> before I watch Phantom Thread, but I'll watch it. I will give it a a chance. It's
1: still Daniel um, Day, come on.
0: Yeah, Daniel Days, he's he's amazing. So, all right. So P- Paul Thomas Anderson sure. He's not at the level of Tarantino. I mean, well, every movie that Tarantino releases is at least really good.
1: What's your what's your Scorsese dog? Is do you oh, have Oh
0: shit. My Scorsese dog. Um Hang on, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to start fumbling around here. Um. Well, it's hard to say that he has a dog. Shit. Um. Like I, I guess I I've never seen New York, New York. Um, I've never seen Alice doesn't live here anymore.
1: That's I just added that to my list. That's on either Amazon or Netflix.
0: Um. I don't know that The Last Temptation of Christ was wonderful.
1: Yeah, I thought it was good, from it, what I remember.
0: Good. How about the Age of Innocence or
1: Coon Doon? I haven't seen that. Um, you know, yeah. There's, there's definitely many I have to get to.
0: Um, Gangs of New York um, was good. I don't know. I was. I don't know that I would say it's really good. Well, uh, I don't know. And then Hugh, Hugo. I
1: haven't seen that. I don't know. This
0: is what I'm saying. I, it, it's hard. It, and look, I can't. Scorsese's been doing it since the late 60s. Um, it, it's hard for someone over that length of time to put out, you know, Tarantino's been very specific, right? He, he's got like 11 movies or 10 movies or whatever it is, maybe nine. Um, and, you know, it's, that's less opportunities to fuck things up. And Scorsese also, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, I, he's worked with really great actors over time, but I, I think sometimes he gets these passion projects and he's just going to do them, whether or not they're going to be super interesting for everybody else or not.
1: Well, there's no, you know, I don't know. There's not, there's really, it's, it's, the movies are not as many
0: as you think. Looking at the list right now. Scorsese? Yeah. Uh, He's, he's got a lot of films, man. It's not like Spielberg, but he's got one, two, three. Four, five. I mean, he's got twenty-two, twenty-three. Actually, like twenty-six or twenty-seven movies.
1: Hold on, 20, Yeah. All right. I mean, that's really not a lot. If you, th- I would have thought
0: there'd be like many more I had to get to. Well, but compared to Tarantino, it's it's like two and a half times but, the, the amount of films. I know, but we're but we're
1: you know we're talking an extra. Thirty years, or Mm -hmm. twenty-five years at least, and you know we know at a time. And Carey puts into these things, um, we you know we know to work that what he brings out of these actors. Um, I'm looking at the last, you know, Silence was tremendous. I mean, it's not, you know, I want to rewatch Silence again. It 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 is a long movie, and it's you know it gets kind of dark a little bit, but. Uh, another tremendous movie. It's like some of this stuff
0: that just, it, it, I don't know why it gets ignored. I don't know. Um, you know, its he's not always going for mass appeal. And so your average, <clears throat> your average Scorsese fan wants Goodfellas. They want a gangster movie every time. They want The Departed. So I don't know. I, I just think that, uh, I think your average Scorsese fan is looking for the gangster type of movies. And if it's not that, like, you know, The Irishman, a, a billion people are going to want to see it. But I I don't know. But the original question was, like, who are you dropping everything for?
1: And, you know, that we haven't dropped everything for Silence or, you know. Actually, I, you know, the last big movies I've, I've gone to see, Wolf of Wall Street I saw in the movies, Shutter Island, the departed, obviously, of course, uh, you know, aviator gangs in New York. I like, I haven't yeah, the seen the aviator I saw in the theater, so it's still an event for me. And obviously, now I'm getting super excited for the Irishman. Did you what did you think of the um, uh,
0: the de aging? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it looks okay. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, I, I didn't get the opportunity to look at it on like a big screen. So it's hard to say, but I watched, I think it's, it's odd. When I watched the trailer for the first time,
1: I didn't even notice it. But then hold. On. when I, when I watched the, 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 uh, the trailer the first time I watched on my phone and I didn't even notice the de-aging part. It, I just kind of, um, it wasn't the best lighting I was in. I was looking really bright sunshine right but, so then later on in the day when it was like trending on twitter when i looked at it and they you know, see denier on the phone it did look a little odd um yes i think just, it's gonna be weird yeah now i don't know if, if i mean it's we all know it it was him acting and it's his face um so i i just hope it doesn't take us out of it but <laughs> I, i'm i'm guessing the way you know the way he makes his films that will be involved right away and into it.
0: I'm sure it's going to be great. I mean, I ho- I just hope they don't look like fucking Pixar characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like when they first started, it, when CGI first became a thing, right? Like it, it, it hasn't always been perfect in the beginning. Things still looked weird. Like I, I'm assuming that with this technology, it's not widely used. So, it's gonna take a long time to figure it out, right? Or the technology is gonna get better.
1: Well, yeah, this was this was the the first time this has been done, I think, on this like nobody's
0: thing. used it in a feature film on
1: this level, I think so. Right.
0: Um. Yeah. So maybe it's just like this is the beginning, and it's not gonna be as good. Uh. Just like uh. You know. Like like I said, CGI or anything else takes I- a while to work out the kinks.
1: I mean, I'm already so happy with the cast and the idea of it that yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna have to be such a massive turd for me to
0: not watch it a zillion more times the rest of my life. Which it's not gonna be a turd. No, it's there's not a chance. No, and
1: and you know, I'm sure I can I can give you half of the critics right now saying since we know what the story's about. They're just gonna say, you know, oh Scorsese, all he can do is, you know, violence and mob hits. Um, of course, that's not true. Right? You know, you know but that, that's, you know, that's probably what you know. We could say that right
0: now. Yeah, no kidding. It's this. Like, this is the the film that's bringing Pesci out of retirement. Yeah. And, uh, and it's only the fourth film where De Niro and Pacino were both both involved.
1: That's an amazing. How about that? How did, you know, they're all running in the same circles in in the New York in the 70s? Like, do you think that Scorsese kind of wasn't a fan of Pacino? Like, it, like how did they not cross paths before this?
0: Or Maybe what? Pacino was busy. You know, he he certainly was busy with The Godfather. That that had to take up the Godfather Part One and Two. That had okay. to take up a decent amount of time. Good point. He had Dog Day Dog Day Afternoon. Um, oh shit! I can't remember any of his his any of his other big movies in the '70s. Serpico. I don't know. Yes, sir, exactly. Serpico, but Serpico was probably late '70s, right? You
1: know what? I I think you, yeah, you probably nailed it. They were he was in these major projects. You couldn't even get a hold of Pacino after Godfather. He latched on to De Niro, and was able to. But all but all these projects are long. You know, Raging Bull, they don't just make it in like six months. Like they're, you know, devoting a year and a half to this stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Now, can you believe, by the way, since you mentioned Godfather or or I did, that Al Pacino only made thirteen grand on (laughs) Godfather one. Wow. He made he made less than Robert Duvall, who pulled in like sixteen grand or something like that. And then for Godfather two he pulled in six hundred (laughs) grand. So he jumped. He jumped a, a little bit up to God, uh, in Godfather Part Two, but he, he, thirteen thousand for That's, arguably one of the top three movies of all time. It's
1: amazing. That's it's a, unreal. I hope he. I hope he got a, a payday for for three. I'm sure, he
0: did. Oh, for three, he probably raked it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's those are insane numbers. Um,
1: they are and then you know and then you know the history of it like the production was you know was almost shut down you know they didn't want him they didn't want uh, Coppola like it, you know it's just uh it's one of those amazing just like like everything about history it's so so much
0: fun to think about what
1: could have been or what you know yeah almost didn't make
0: it De Niro tried for the role of um of Michael Corleone yeah. Um, and, and I don't but, see that. No, I don't see it either. I certainly, you know, obviously he he played the Vito Corleone, the young Vito Corleone role to perfection. Um, so thank God he didn't get the role of Michael yeah. Corleone because then we wouldn't have had that performance that he gave um, as Vito. Um, but what else did I learn about that movie? The, oh, that Sinatra was really fucking pissed.
1: Yeah. Well, he was pissed at Puzo. He
0: was. Every time he saw Puzo, he was trying to, you know, punch him out. Right, because Puzo wrote wrote that character to be based off of him, right? Yeah. Um, And not only that, Johnny Fontaine was such a fucking hump and such a puss (laughs) in the movie. It didn't make, you know, Sinatra. if, If people associated that with Sinatra, it didn't make him look good.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's probably there was probably a bit of that when after the movie. No, I mean he was mad when the book was out, but yeah, after the movie, then the guy's kind of a puss. You're right. Um, I mean, if Sinatra didn't want didn't want to be the guy hooked up with the mob, then maybe he shouldn't have spent like almost
0: every waking moment with mob guys. Right. I know. I mean, you know, that was <laughs> that's what he was doing. Yeah, uh, he was connected. Right, uh, yeah. In some way, I'm not saying he was a boss or anything, but he had a lot of friends. Hey, fuck it. He can yeah. do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's Frank. I love him. Well, um, but De Niro and Pacino, Godfather Part Two, Heat, Righteous Kill. I never saw. I never had any interest, honestly.
1: Yeah i I, I heard it was. I heard that was really terrible.
0: Okay, so I, I believe it. It didn't get a lot of fanfare, but. I mean, Heat's an all-timer for me. Oh my God! Uh, cer- certainly, Godfather Part Two. Um, so yeah, this is this is exciting. I mean, this is only the fourth movie they've been in together. Plus, you get like you said, you got Pesci. Uh, who else we got in there?
1: Oh my God! You have um, Harvey Keitel, right? Harvey Keitel. You have Jack Huston, who was. Um, did you watch Boardwalk Empire? I didn't. Uh, no. You didn't really. Oh wow! No, um, he played such a great part, and it was such a compelling character and then actor. Like you were just, it was one of those. It was like a Carry Coon moment watching him play this part on Bulwark Empire. Okay, like, like you just couldn't look away, and you were so invested in this guy. Um, he was awesome. Um, Dominic Lombardarsi, Lombardozi, whatever. Her. From The Wire. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, Catherine Narducci.
0: Catherine Narducci, um, um, Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm not sure if you're oh, familiar wow. with him. He, he's yeah. a pretty popular comedian now. Jesse Plemons. Chip. Uh, yes. Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin, Cannavale. Bobby, Can- I like Bobby Bobby Cannavale. Uh, I saw Jim Norton's in it. Do you know that comedian? Really? He plays Don Rickles. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, Ray Romano. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I guess we'll see. I think (laughs) he could play serious. Yeah, I know he's doing stuff,
1: but I don't don't know. I don't buy it. We'll see.
0: Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, yeah, like,
1: that concerns me. Makes me worry it could be a clusterfuck, but I don't think it will be.
0: A lot of actors uh, and actresses, so, yeah, very exciting we haven't really talked a lot about uh, Tarantino at all. No, we haven't. <laughs> this turned into a <laughs> Scorsese podcast.
1: Well, I'm, I, I'm so. I, did I get your final answer? Or are you putting Scorsese on the list
0: of like a must see movie every time, or is that the original it, question? Well, it wasn't that. Is it a must see movie? I I would argue that yes, Scorsese is a must see movie every time. Sight unseen. Um, but. They don't all turn out that way. So, so when I think about Tarantino's movies, Tarantino is a must-see for me every time, and every time they've paid off, 100%. I mm-hmm. love them all. Um, like I said, they're, you know, above average to great, and I wouldn't even say above average, really good to great. Um, I don't know, you know, there. I haven't seen everything of Marty's, so yeah, I I, I can't necessarily make that claim. And I doubt that Hugo is gonna be a must see or um Doon. <laughs> well, Christopher loved Koon Doon. Christopher loved Koon Doon. I I don't know how much he understood it though. <laughs> no. He just was trying you know, Christopher was no trying yeah. to be different. No. Right. He was a...
1: um, I will say this about about Tarantino,
0: um, and this
1: happened to me watching Hollywood. Mm. Is you it obviously it, they get better and better with each viewing, um, so I you know I, I'm ready to to keep on watching Hateful Eight and Django, uh, but all the other ones I've seen countless times. And as I was watching Hollywood, I was like, oh, I can't, I I need to watch this again. I can't wait to watch it again, so
0: now I can start looking at other things. Now, did you see Hollywood twice or once? Twice. Wow, you did. I'm so jealous. I really wanted to see it again this week, and I didn't get the chance
1: now this the second time i was I was at a theater in Kentucky, not that, uh-huh. that ma- not that that matters, but the screen just sucked. It was really dark. Ah. Uh, it was it it was it was really annoying me the whole movie. A little grainy. Now, it was just it just wasn't bright.
0: and I knew it was, yeah. it was brighter. That's a shame. Yeah. Because uh, he's got a lot of good color in his films, honestly. Uh, the visual is always great. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. It was. But So let's rank. Let's rank Tarantino. Okay. What, what's your What's your number one? It's Pulp Fiction. So Pulp Fiction is your number one. Oh, my God. Um, I would probably go Inglorious Bastards as my number one.
1: Wow okay
0: see these lists are interesting they are they are uh all right your your second favorite did you have any inglorious bastards
1: that was before Django right yes so this was the first time where did you have any feeling about the rewriting of history with inglorious bastards at the when the first time you saw it do you remember
0: no I loved it. You mean like, uh, for example, blowing away Hitler when they machine gunned him yes. with about eight hundred bullets? Yes. Uh, no, I loved it.
1: I, 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 I thought it was odd the first time around.
0: Interesting. Like you didn't ta- you, Did you think that he was trying to? What? 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 Why? Why did you take it oddly? I, because
1: it didn't happen that way, and. Well, right. It, I, it just. And he, I mean, it. the it's Hitler a wish fulfillment, I get it. Hitler and the Holocaust is such an overwhelmingly it's it's a colossal event in person huh. that, you know, I get it. We yeah, it would have been great to kill this guy. But, you know, who's to say if we got to him in time? I mean, or if he did enough damage
0: as is, you know, I don't know. It just I don't. I don't understand. I I mean, to me, it's it's art, it's fiction. And like I said, wish fulfillment that, you know, some of those scenes uh, to me, that's all that it was. It didn't say based on true events, you know, it was nothing like that. It was this director's vision of how he wanted to tell this story of, you know, this band of uh, Nazi hunters uh, in, in, in France and, and, Germany, whatever. And, you know, his telling of how it would have been if Hitler had been gotten by this group. I know, but this, but, but again, this is
1: because this is the, I mean, is this, this the major event of the past 300 years or 250 years? And, you know, the, it's a great idea that there was a band of Americans killing Nazis, but as far as I know, most of the Nazis are in Ar- were in Argentina, and they didn't have swastikas on their foreheads. They got away with it. I mean, so right. – y- y- I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is what I felt the first time. I haven't really cared about it since. I just love the
0: movie. But So I guess my approach with it was I, I hate Nazis, right? Uh, I, I would have hated on. Nazis. Hold on a second. Okay. Are you prepared to, re- to state that publicly? i just did all right yeah so um it, wait you think a lot of nazis are li- listening to our podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if anyone
1: has said that they love nazis
0: <laughs> i other nazis i guess um <laughs> you felt a li- i felt you like i felt like you were a little proud of yourself for, for saying you hated nazis Right, I know. So, so look at it. Right, obviously that's not a that's not a hot take. So, um, you know, yes, Nazis are hateful, um, and hateable. And so it was enjoyable for me to watch this film, uh, where this group, this fictional band, I forget what uh, Aldo, what's his name, Aldo Rain? Yes, yeah, Aldo Rain. Okay. Which again, Brad Pitt, fucking just masterful. He is acting. The character was just glorious um and and then the just the different members in that in that group you know the the uh the bear jew um you know so but anyway it was an entertain. it was you know a satirical right a a a satirical look at something that you know nobody has ever satirized besides maybe mel brooks
1: no i no I, I don't have any problems, but I just th- I thought about it the first time, and let's if we fast forward to Django and Hollywood, I was I was ready for for Django to be victorious, and 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 then now again I was a little taken aback by Hollywood ending, in that I wasn't I didn't think that was what was going to happen. I thought we were going to kind of see the real because everything I heard about this story was it's about the Manson murders. So I'm like, okay, yes. I guess we're gonna see the Manson murders, but we didn't. So, I, I was definitely shocked by the ending, but I had no issues with that ending. I guess I'm conditioned for this kind of thing now with him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed the ending of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the same as I did with Inglourious Bastards. It's funny when I was watching Inglourious Bastards, it didn't even strike me in any way. I, it was a it was a satisfying ending for Whoa. me because I wanted to see. The Italian, <laughs> what were they what were they the Italian directors? Yeah. They were trying, they were they were pretending to be Marguerite. Um, yes, yes. Uh, well, you know what? That was gratifying. If you remember,
1: around that same time, there was a Tom Cruise film where he was. So obviously, you know, I I never really learned about um, a lot of this stuff in history about all the plots again hit against Hitler. So apparently, there was a ton of them. And I guess I watched that movie. Yeah. Tom Cruise had a movie about it, too. I didn't see it, but I was just like, I saw it. God, we're all, all we're talking about is these plots against Hitler. But, you know, none of them worked. So, no, it was I, Valkyrie, right? I think so. I think that played into it for me for the first time. When I saw
0: Bastards. Now, that was a true story. Correct. But that was a true story. And yes, they failed. Yes. Miserably. And they were all executed. Uh, sorry, spoiler oh, where alert. They? they were oh, lined up and shot down uh, by a firing squad. Huh. Yeah, it was br- brutal ending for them. Um, but, okay, so we're, let's right. go back to Tarantino's list. All right, thanks. so that's my number one, like it or not. That's, right. I, I love that movie. Love okay. it. All right, your number two. You're number two. Oh so I go number 2 next. Okay. Oh so I said oh you're going... right. I
1: said I said pulp fiction number 1. I'm sorry.
0: Um, yes. I want to say number
1: 2. I'll probably put I probably put Bastards 2. Been watching it so much lately.
0: Okay. So your number 2 is Bastards. I guess my number 2 has to be Pulp Fiction. So you and I are just we're we're right there. We're right yeah. there. We're just one off. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I I I, want to give, yeah, I want to
1: give Pulp Fiction just credit for just being so stunning when I first saw it that I didn't know what to
0: do with myself. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand. I I could easily make it one. As a matter of fact, Pulp Fiction won Glorious Bastards 2. I think I need to rethink that. Okay. Okay. All right. So we both have one and two mashing. What's your number three?
1: Okay. Um, let's talk this through because it's, it's between (laughs) Kill Bill two or Jackie Brown. Um, so I need your help here.
0: Well, I'm probably not going to be any help because I have a feeling I'm going a different direction, but, um, let's see if I had to choose between. So Kill Bill two, I have such a hard time separating volume one and volume two even though they're very they're entirely different movies, it's the same story. Um, it's just different chapters.
1: If oh, if they're both on a cable station at the same time, which one are you watching? You mean between one and two? Yeah. Um, I mean, if that, if you need a way to separate them.
0: Sure. Uh, I guess I'm watching volume two. So now, for me, it becomes all right if Kill Bill two
1: and Jackie Brown on at the same time. You know, this is this one's hard because then it then it becomes into I've seen them so many times. You know, which yeah. one have I seen recently? You know, what's what's the gap between the last time I saw the other one? Uh, yeah. I'm I, I, I'm gonna go I, I'm gonna go Jackie Brown. Interesting. Three, I was gonna go
0: the opposite and Kill Bill two four. Okay. I'm going Reservoir Dogs three, I go. Kill Bill two four, Jackie Brown five. Okay, yeah,
1: I probably fucked up by not saying Reservoir Dogs, um, so. You
0: can you can go back. Yeah, I actually I, I had forgotten about it for a second. Um, this is gonna get confusing. It for really is. listening. So yeah, I hope you're uh, if, for anyone who's taking notes. I hope you're using a pencil <laughs> with an eraser. Uh, yeah, but feel free to scribble
1: yeah, keep, or keeping score. Uh, please keep score at home. Uh, pause
0: the podcast. Go get your white out, <laughs> Take a good long sniff, and then uh, go ahead and just cross <laughs> out what uh, you know, white out what Jeff just uh, what's named. I just realized. Right. Uh, yeah. I just, oh, shit. Yeah, you can't you can't bypass Reservoir Dogs. No, I can't. that's why I, I I thought you were gonna go in that direction with number three.
1: Yeah, I uh, I outsmarted myself there with my, you know what? I am so I'm so determined t- to to praise Jackie Brown because I don't understand why people don't love it. Um, first of oh, all,
0: I know. What? No, no, I was just okay. saying I, I know. It's it, 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 nobody gives that movie the credit that it and, deserves. It's it's an amazing movie. And if you don't love to
1: hear Samuel L. Jackson say Tarantino dialogue, I, I then I don't know what to tell you and you know yeah. and he wasn't in Reservoir Dogs. Like and there, and speaking of speaking of another somebody that needs an Oscar and you know, what are we waiting for is Samuel L.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, think about all—even just in Tarantino movies. Think about the performances. Yeah. Was he nominated at all? Was he nominated for the role of Jules? He was. Oh, good. Th- okay. I mean, he deserved it. I guess that had to be a tough year. Ninety-four. No, let's not
1: get into that. I don't. I, don't, I can't. I can't look that. Yeah, up.
0: Yeah, we can't. We can't. We no. we already hate the Academy. It's well known, yeah.
1: documented. The, everything they did was stupid and wrong. I don't know why we still like it, but we do.
0: Right. Um, now, Reservoir Dogs, it's funny. I, you know, I downloaded the screenplay the other day and, and just sat on my laptop and read the screenplay. Really? Yeah. It was just, yeah, yeah, and I could, you know, because you could, I've seen the movie so many times, and I could, I already have the voices, um, you know, in, in my ear uh, as I'm reading the lines just in my head, and it's just as good reading it, to be honest with you. The dialogue was so fucking snappy mm-hmm. and quick and interesting Again, with the back and forth storytelling like nobody else had done at that time. That was ninety two. He's you know, he's going back with the Tim Roth character showing how he was, you know, learning to be the undercover yeah. you know, burglar or whatever, and coming up with the story that he told about the police officers and they had the fucking dog sniffing him for heroin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um just and and Michael Madsen. Cutting a fucking ear off and talking into it, uh, just amazing. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely fucked up there. I'll put that. uh, I'll put that three. Okay, well, I fucked up too. by not? And maybe it should be two. So.
0: Over, over, it. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Well, there's I can't a, move Inglorious Bastards, but you can. There's, a, there's a lot of recency bias because I've been watching a
1: ton of Inglorious Bastards and a ton of Jackie Brown, and I have not seen Reservoir Dogs in a while.
0: I, hey, I mean, I, listen. Here's the thing. I love all of this guy's movies. They at any point in time, they could be number one. Any one of them. I agree.
1: agree. And that's the thing. It kind of, it just hit me this week where I, I'm like, yeah, I I definitely always see his stuff and it's an event, but I was like realizing, yeah, it's like, and then hearing like every podcast I listen to talking about, I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is more of a moment than ever before, uh, it seems like this movie.
0: Well, and I feel like this is a director. you and I, especially, I mean, we're, we're, we're the same age, um this is a director we, we kind of came up with Yeah. here, right? Yeah. You know, he is our director for our generation. I, I believe. Um, yeah, good point. You know, so, so I, I guess I had that attachment to him. And, and again, it's, you know, I love every one of his movies and that's not unique. I know there are a lot of people that love them. Um, but yeah, you know, I, the, every one of these are fantastic and you can't really go wrong. And you're right. Recency bias probably plays a part Django isn't at the top of my list because I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's not replayed all that often. It's not, and I and it, it was on Netflix for a while, but I just never rewatched it or
1: never got around to it, and, Same. N- and now it's not on anymore. And and I think I only saw it twice, So and for no reason other than, I don't know, my life was busy whenever it came out, I guess. Like I, can't,
0: I can't even remember why I didn't see it. Yeah, it was 2012, right? So yeah, I mean Olivia was three at that time. For me, I, I had a difficult time watching any fucking movie um, at that point in my life. Yeah. But but Django's great too. I mean, you, know, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, Christoph Waltz, uh, Jamie Fox—great I mean, roles. I think great acting. I do think though,
1: um, since Waltz was so transcendent in Bastards. I did feel like Tarantino shoehorned a, a German guy into Django. I mean, it was he deserves Waltz deserves to be shoehorned, but he does. I, I think that th- that could have thrown me off a little bit in the beginning of, all right, you know, why is this happening? But I can't
0: remember. I have to rewatch it, so it's it's a tough it's tough for me even to talk about. It was a weird pairing, but it also kind of made me think of a buddy, a, a buddy, a cop buddy. Movie or whatever, buddy cop movie, right. whatever the fuck you phrase that. You know, like a Danny Glover and 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 Mel Gibson, right? You know, you got the black guy and the white guy. It always works really well. um That's true. Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Yeah. In forty eight hours, you know, it felt like that to me. Uh, the two of them working together, Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz.
1: Yeah, it, I just it, yeah, it just needs a series, another rewatch. That's all. And like it does, just buy it and put it in all rotation.
0: All right, so let's say – so So we now know we got True, rom- uh, true Romance. We got Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, um, we said Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill 2, and Jackie Brown. All off the table, right? Th- those are top five?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, that's a safe Wheel of Fortune RSTLNN for us.
0: Yes. Yeah, like if you're given so if someone says, all right, what are – you know, I, I've never seen a Tarantino movie – what are the what are the top five that I should be watching? I think you're safe there. The problem is you're gonna have to explain to them about Kill Bill because <laughs> you didn't tell them to watch Volume One. Well, you're you're opening up another can of worms about. You know, obviously, I would just say start from the beginning, but I
1: know. <laughs> so...
0: That's true. Just start at Reservoir Dogs and work your way up. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a different story.
1: So then, uh, what's left? So we have. Um... Uh, I'm gonna throw. Oof i don't know if i want to put yeah i think i do i'm gonna put once upon a time in hollywood that's i was gonna do the same thing next Uh, it's right there i i i I almost i it hurts me to put it above kill bill one uh
0: but i'm gonna do it it's not a slam again we're talking about these are a pluses yeah we've we've listed just a series of a pluses we can't even if kill bill maybe it's an a we can't it's still an a we can't quali-
1: put qual- more qualifying points in front of every sentence but we we've said That's it right enough. i mean we we we're, have we're over we love them all. everything um yes. <laughs> it's so it's it's then it's where so we're once upon a time in hollywood kill bill won, hateful eight. okay so a begrudging yeah. last place for
0: hateful eight Um, well, did you put it before or after? No, you didn't mention Django. Oh shit. Hmm.
1: I don't, God, it it sucks. I don't remember Django well enough to put it any, to put it above or below hateful eight.
0: Oh, Django is below hateful eight for me. Is it? Hateful eight. Honestly, just even with hateful eight, I just, I love the ensemble cast. I thought everyone was really good. Yeah. I loved Michael Madsen. Um, Hell, even having uh, what's his name? Who Magic Mike? What the fuck? is Oh his yeah, name? Channing Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum made an appearance. I mean, got his head blown off. The dude, um, the dude from Vice Principals was awesome. Uh, Coggins. And, oh uh, God, what is his name? He is. He's yeah. He was great in this movie. And I think he's in Justified too. I got to watch that. He is. He he is in Justified. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Then I had.
1: To, I definitely have to watch that show.
0: Um, how the hell did, can we not remember his name? It's Coggins, right? Walter Coggins. Walton, Walton Goggins. 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 All right. Yes. I was there? Um, but the whole, the whole sequence in Hateful Eight, when they have to, what was it? So they they were in the, they had to drop the horses off. There's just a, every time someone opens and shuts that fucking door. I know. And they scream it. They scream it. Everyone who can't, and, you know, you got to hammer it shut, you know, because they they were nail, nailing the door shut so the wind wouldn't burst it open.
1: It's it's, yeah, just just the simple idea of that. I'm just so jealous of. Of let me. I know. Have the door, open and shut like this every time.
0: It was hilarious, and I'm gonna have the rest of the characters scream at them. Yeah. And you know that he just told them to go apeshit with it, because you could just hear them all going at it and what's his name i think michael madsen really does the best job of yeah he's like shut the fucking door already (laughs) you know just screaming at them uh just really good stuff but it's like putting hateful eight next to the last doesn't make me feel good because i love hateful eight yeah i know again we can't qualify these enough let's talk about Stop qualifying all right there's our
1: there's our all right let's talk about once upon a time in hollywood here's here we go at long last
0: an hour in, your spoiler alert. Hold on, an hour in. Let me check the time. You might be wrong about an hour. It may be even longer than that. Uh, it's an hour seven. Jesus Christ. All right. That's all right. We're, 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 we're nearing the bend here. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we might have to come back with a part two and talk fucking Bachelorette. <laughs> no. The poor Bachelorette. And that deserves, God, that deserves. A huge discussion. It was so good. It, it does. Uh, by the way, you know, probably the the first great thing you could say about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it wasn't associated with Harvey Weinstein, oh. <laughs> the fucking scumbag. Oh, I kept thinking about that, too.
1: Rewatching watching the other ones and seeing the Weinstein company come up? I'm like, oh, yeah, God, they're with it, a scumbag.
0: Yeah, they're done with him. Um, but, yeah, do you want to why don't you kick off Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if you will? Um, I don't even know, I, I kind of don't know where to start. I, I was, what, I was going to ask you a question about it. Then. All right, go ahead. You know, what, what, what was your, what, when you left, what, when you left the theater or maybe when the credits rolled, um, you know, what were your initial thoughts? What did you think? How did you feel like, were you immediately ranking it near the top? Of Tarantino movies for yourself at that moment, like how did you absorb it all?
1: I no, I wasn't ranking it anywhere because I was I was kind of in shock still by the ending, um, but all I knew is I just I just needed to see it again. I just needed to really take it all in, and it didn't hurt my enjoyment of it the first time that I didn't know what was happening. But I, I I just I just wanted to soak it all in, and then I wanted to really like dig into. You know the middle scenes, and then it's funny when I saw people like on Facebook complaining about it, and I'm 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 sure they're talking about DiCaprio, all those scenes on set, we're wondering like why is this happening, or like, I can just see all the dummies how they think, and yes. to me I just, God, I just loved every minute of it, and just the idea of 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 how he's just. Coming to grips with with his you know new reality and and then that that little that young actress uh, like I I just couldn't wait to watch that
0: scene again. I know. Uh, to me, this was uh, you know a lot of times a Tarantino movie is about the story because um, the the stories are so interesting and this one was interesting, but I have to say it was really about the characters. And in that case, you know, it was really about DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Um, Margot Robbie was great, you know, uh, she usually is, but she wasn't a big part of the movie. It, it really felt like it was just Brad Pitt and, and and Leonardo DiCaprio's movies, and they were just so amazing. Like, I believed they were, what was it, Rick Dalton, and uh, what was the other guy's name, Booth? Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth. Like I believe that they were those two guys almost from the get-go. Well, yes, they
1: were. Yeah, it's so it's Tarantino's love letter to Los Angeles, to movie making,
0: to everything behind the scenes, uh, you know, and to I, his favorites. You know, I think paying a lot of homage to to his favorite directors and some of those 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 actors and B-list actors from the from the sixties.
1: Well, yes, and so then. You know, the question becomes, um, how much did I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Well, I immediately started watching The Great Escape, you know, on Amazon. I've never seen that movie before. I'm like, you know, I, right. I've never seen The Good, band, The Ugly, and I'm, I'm going to go see that. You know, I, he made me want to see all these movies that
0: inspired him that he loves. It's like fucking film school when you're dealing with this guy. Yeah. It really is. You're learning about the history of film in not just America, but around the world. He's pulling from Italian movie makers. Yeah, Mar- Martin Cove, uh, the villain from Karate
1: Kid, who had a small part, was... Uh, Cre- Crease? Crease. Uh He was on uh, Corolla's podcast this week, and he was talking about making the movie. And in the one scene he's in, he's like... Uh, he-, he asked Tarantino, he said... Do you want me to put my legs up, you know, on the table like the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and you know, Tarantino's like, no, 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 I want you to do it like, and it named another Western, and he was like so happy that they, you know, they both bonded over these Westerns that he knew exactly what they were talking about, but yeah. you know, such a great touchstone for for this kind of thing, um, you know, and 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 Pitt, Pitt really is you know the star of the show. Um, he and, was fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. It's, it's very it's, believable. Yeah. It's, it, you know, that's the amazing part too. And again, we need, you know, this is where, you know, he, he needs to get his, his, his Oscar. Finally, he's, he's playing a stunt man. You know, he's arguably the hottest guy ever. <laughs> and, I know. Right. And, and you believe that he's, you know, a kind of rundown, you know, you know, stuntman gopher for a star like it all makes sense you, you're you totally in i'm not yeah i bought it i mean we're watching movie stars we're watching beautiful people margot robbie the caprio these are movie stars doing movie star stuff you know at the very least that's why you should love this movie but you know i'm in the movie i'm believing him i'm believing Pitt when
0: he's in his trailer and you know everything i'm all in Yeah, uh, he was. He and I love the two, just the two of them together. I mean, even from the beginning, after you know, um, Dalton has that meeting with the Pacino with Pacino's character. Yeah, I guess he's the. Is he a producer or? Uh, I want to say maybe is he an agent? Yeah, more of an agent. He's more of an agent, right? Yeah, because he was kind of he was kind of slimy. But literally, he's just having his this his fate you know, told to him by Pacino, Mm -hmm. basically your career is over with for the most part. And here's what you have next to do. You're going to go be in spaghetti Westerns and you're going to do this and it's going to help revive you a little bit, but that's all all you got. He listens to that reality, goes outside and he (laughs) bursts into fucking tears. (laughs) And it was just hilarious. Um, But probably, you know, there were a lot of actors like that back in the day. Sure. Um, And that's, I think that's what happened. They went and did spaghetti Westerns and, and, and they, or they, you know, they played the villains in some of these B movies and I just kind of liked it. It wasn't, you know, it was about one of these people that you wouldn't think too much about. That's kind of what I liked about this story. These were unknowns really. Um, Now they weren't real people, but I'm, I mean, they were kind of based on the unknowns, the forgotten. Yeah. And, it, it, it was very interesting to me too, watching,
1: I started watching the great escape and you see James Garner in there. And, you know, I think, you know, I mostly know Garner for Rockford files. And you wonder at the time, I mean, you know, did all his Hollywood buddies make fun of him for like doing a TV show? Like, you know, because the movies <laughs> were the thing and, you know, there, I'm sure there was some of that back then. And I, I you know, I, I I actually read another article, too, saying about how, you know, Pitt is like this is like really like a conservative movie. Like this is a, you know, real men taking care of their shit, not crying, Um, (laughs) you know, you know, hating hippies like it was it's it's fun. It's stunning in a way. Uh, You know, there was a lot of, you know, you you wouldn't think of Pitt and DiCaprio as anti hippie, uh, but. You know, they were here.
0: They were. Although Pitt was Pitt seemed to be okay with some with the hippies a little bit more than than um, the Rick Dalton character. Yes. He really hated them Um, to the point where he was like threatening the the Manson family, uh, you know, minutes before they were about to come in and try to kill everyone. (laughs) That was tense. It was. It, I was wondering what was going to happen and, to him. And Pitt at the Spawn Ranch was tense, too. I mean, you know, I don't know much. That was, it, man. That was creepy. It was. And I don't know much about
1: the Mansons. And, you know, I know about Tex Watson a little bit. And I I, I didn't know much about Squeaky Fromm. So I didn't, you know, realize that was her, I guess, in that house. Oh, yeah.
0: D- the Dakota Fanning. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. But it was, you know, I, I did see something, too, where. Uh, so there's a lot of so there's um uh, rumor Willis is in it uh, Maya Hawk is in it uh, there was a few other people that are just you know they're kids of of factors and yes. and it was you know that was obviously deliberate in in that you know talking about um, his his talking about
0: his Hollywood and just by the way yeah you mentioned Maya Hawk yeah so she she was on um she had a pretty large part in stranger things season three right um and you know what's crazy i i you know i had no idea who she was right and at the time uh, before i started watching the season and i'm telling you within the first like eight seconds of me hearing her talk and just looking at her face i was like this this kid's got to be like uma thurman's daughter no shit and And I – yeah, it was, like, right away. And I guess it's because, like, I always loved Uma Thurman and then obviously watching the Kill Bills over and over again. And, you know, i have fixated on her just like uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I mean, I looked it up. I'm like, holy shit, it's her. It's Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's kid. Um it's amazing, man. She is like the spitting image for me and with the voice and the way she speaks. I know. If you watch her over and over again, I mean, it's just like it's amazing. I'm, it's crazy. I'm such a dope. I
1: missed it. Like I liked her character, but I was I was a little bored with Stranger Things this, uh, the third season. And so I, I know you told me I wasn't really paying attention too hard. And then when I was like listening to a podcast about or something. They mentioned her. And then when I looked her up, I'm like, oh, OK, like, then it, then it all just clicked. But, yeah, I was just kind of – I just wasn't paying full attention. And that's the only reason I, I – I don't know how I missed her anyway, though,
0: but still. <laughs> I looked it up within, like, a minute after she made her first – you know, she had her first kind of dialogue on screen. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here watching it with Olivia, and I said, I, I got to look this shit up and see if I'm correct about this. Or who is this kid? And, yeah, lo and behold. Um, but, anyway, so you were kind of rattling off. I mean, it is just – it's a laundry list of of actors in this movie oh yeah Sco- um scoop mcnary do you remember him yeah from the uh from the true detective
1: non-discussed um, true detective finale that we just pretend that, never happened that's
0: right i can't believe we uh <laughs> we didn't margaret margaret Qualley, one oh. of our favorites from, from the leftovers absolutely yeah she's she's certainly one of my favorites after her role in in this movie she was amazing too. Like
1: I I, I didn't I, I had to I have to like make my head think about her in the leftovers. Like after watching this. Like I can't like you know what I mean? Like they're really I'm not I'm not hung up on other
0: things they've done. Was her name Jill on the leftovers? I can't remember what the fuck her name was. I think so, yeah. God damn it. Um yeah, well, I mean, it was, it's just amazing. She looks the same as she did on The Leftovers, I'm just saying, sakes. it's just great. It's just such great acting, and I'm not, I just not even, for everybody. You forget, I know. These are the most famous, I, I
1: mean, when you think, DiCaprio and Pitt are the most famous people in the world, and I'm like, yeah, man, they're,
0: they're Dalton and
1: fucking Booth. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> um, Emile Hirsch, fantastic. Yeah. He played Jay Sebring, the uh, ex-boyfriend of Sharon Tate. I um I I don't Damien Damien Lewis is Steve McQueen
1: and I you know maybe an unnecessary scene but I love the whole scene. So I'm glad he was I in it. I did
0: too. It was pointless but I loved it. Yeah, people were a little complaining about that a little bit. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't Timothy Oliphant was awesome. Love him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great in everything. Um Dakota Fanning, the the guy that played Bruce Lee, he was fucking awesome so uh, i'm so glad that i missed a lot of things so
1: i did not see him i did not i guess i never watched the trailer because i didn't know bruce lee was in it so that was a really great scene for me because i was totally went in there blind i had no idea this was happening and then i really had no idea
0: that bruce lee had a tv show (laughs) i had no fucking idea he, yeah. Oh, yeah. Green Hornet. Yeah. yeah he was Kato, right? On Green Hornet. Kato. Yeah.
1: I, I was like, I, I had no idea about all of it, but a tremendous fucking scene. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's, it's hard to really even discuss without just going all over the place because there's just too much good stuff happening. You know, I, 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 I guess you can argue maybe, or you can understand why someone that's not into this stuff. Would not be down with it. Like, I want to I go with Melinda, and I'm very interested in her take because she does not give a shit about movies, and she won't
0: watch anything right. twice. So, you know, I'm really interested to see how she responds to it. I mean, I'll be interested to hear um, what, what her take is. I'm going to be interested to hear what Maureen thinks. Um, look, I'm obsessed with L.A., and, and the Hollywood Hills, to me, it just seems like I, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to live there. And what it would have been like in the 60s with everything that was going on, uh, such a crazy time and with the hippies and the Mansa murders, just everything, right? The, the, the culture was just so insane. It's just fascinating to me. And I feel like Tarantino, now I don't know what it was like to live back then, but this picture that he painted of this snippet in time – in LA and Hollywood, it was fucking perfect for me. And it was a perfect setting and I was like I felt immersed in it the whole time. Oh
1: yeah. I I think too, and yeah, for for people like us and then growing up here and then, you know, watching the Brady Bunch and you know, watching Karate Kid, like I wanted to hang out at golf and stuff. And you know, (laughs) yeah. I I went with uh, Chloe and I went to Los Angeles I don't know, three or four years ago now, and we drove up to the, you know the Hollywood side. So we were in the hills, and then there was these, you know, it's it's all so random how they just built everything up there, and and I do this no matter where I am, you know, I'm always traveling, so I'm always somewhere. I always like to just think about what would it be like to live here, and then when I see people walking their dogs, that's my my next thing. I'm like, oh, I'd like to walk my dog here, and there'll be like these random dog parks in the Hollywood yeah. in the Hollywood Hills. And, uh, yeah, that's – I definitely would would have no issues if I was living in Los Angeles.
0: I I would definitely – Well, what's – no, I totally agree. What's funny is – I would want to live in the hills, though. But, you know, what's funny is that this Rick Dalton character who was, you know, supposedly washed up, uh, he was living in a fucking place that I would kill to live in. Sure. He had that that pool – You know, and you're overlooking Hollywood basically um, from his backyard. And I I don't know. I I recall the last time I was in LA for work years ago. And I was just, you know, I was there by myself traveling for for my job. And I just drove my rental car all through the Hollywood Hills one day. I was like, I want to go see Mulholland Drive. I just want to experience it and maybe I'll see someone. I was thinking to myself. Um, And I didn't see anyone. (laughs) course but i drove through the hills i just loved it i was like this this is fucking amazing like i've never seen anything like this i did yeah uh maybe in europe maybe but not not in the united states i would never seen anything like that with the homes and the hills and so windy and i don't know man just the whole mystique of it i loved i love the fact that you know this rick dalton character lived there and i loved his house i the scenery was just so good yeah I,
1: you know I went to Griffin Park too or that observatory place out there yeah and mm-hmm. uh, I actually saw two people wearing an eagles and a Phillies like t-shirt jersey I think it was Lashawn Jackson and I forget who the Philly was I thought
0: that was interesting Dish- oh uh, who Djax no actually I'm sorry it was Lashawn McCoy uh, I was going to say, you mixed up LaShawn McCoy and uh, Deshaun Jackson. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <You> old fuck. <laughs> I'm getting punchy. But
1: yeah, I, I was <laughs> like, wow, well, who would think you would see these Philly, Philadelphia
0: stuff here? Yeah, wow. Well, if you run into Bradley Cooper, you might. Oh, someday. Yeah. He's single. Someday, man. Uh, what do you want to marry him? I don't know. Just hang out. You know, it's funny. I I just watched uh, A Star is Born for the first ah. time. So last Sunday was um, was a, a perfect day. I watched A Star is Born that morning. took me forever because I got interrupted about 28 times. I was trying to watch it on my laptop. Oh, that's a fun way and... to watch a movie. <laughs> hey, baby, try to squeeze it in with the rest of your fucking life. That's all I could do. And um, so I watched it, and... And then I saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that afternoon, of course, by myself, for the first time in the movie theater ever, uh, alone. Um, And I loved A Star is Born. I thought, you know, Gaga's performance was off the charts. I thought Bradley Cooper's performance was off the charts. Uh, You know, what the fuck? We're not going to get into the Academy this week, but I got to tell you, I was infuriated after watching it. Yeah realizing that neither one of them won shit, except for, I guess, Gaga won for best song, right? Right, like
1: they had to. They couldn't, even they couldn't fuck that up. <sighs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was riveted. That movie was riveting from start to finish.
1: These. This is the song, these are the songs, the performances. These are what we're going to be thinking of in, in 10 years when we think about th- this, that year of movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Samuel Elliott, I know it's only basically yes, Sam one, Elliott was so one good. scene, but, you know, he was nominated. He Should have won there.
0: Just... He brought, he brought a, that that scene almost brought a tear. Well, I'll tell you what, I was, I was uh, crying at the end of the movie. Really? You fucking. I was. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I don't give a fuck. Who are you, Rick Dalton? I cried at, I, I cried at Marley and me. Yeah, Rick Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> That's great,
1: man. I'm- I have watched *Barley and me by myself in hotel rooms a number of times and it's, yeah, it's not pretty.
0: Right. I mean, it, it's, it's had to make you cry a little bit, right? Yes. Yes. You know, you have to have a fucking heart of uh, stone. Yeah. Look, I believed in this uh, story that they told in the movie and I don't know, I bought into it. And I mean, to me it was, that's how strong I thought Lady Gaga's performance was. And honestly, I was so just kind of devastated for the Bradley Cooper character what was his name Jackson Maine uh it was terrible I was like you knew it was coming and it was just kind of heartbreaking it It seemed very uh, real if you
1: can feel sorry for you know rich and famous people I you know then you know (laughs) like I don't don't know if Gaga is going to get another part like this not that it had to be perfect for her but but she was so good in it and it's it's just and it's just it's it's like wasted I think and then you know, he did a great job acting and directing. Um, did you notice, do you remember me telling you at the time about some of the hand-handed stuff, uh, the foreshadowing, did you notice when he's in the car in like the first scene?
0: Um, Maybe not, because you're so, watching on
1: a laptop, but.
0: He, he Explain. He
1: goes by a billboard that's like directly outside, his. it lines up with his car window, and the billboard yeah. has like three nooses on it for some reason on the what on the what advertising firm is deciding that you know nooses are going to
0: sell some product. Yeah, what the fuck? What why did why would they foreshadow in that way? That's weird. I don't
1: know, but yeah, you have to rewatch that first scene and be like, "Oh my god, but that was silly." I
0: mean, when he was telling the story about how he tried to hang himself when he was a kid, I I started to have a feeling at that point. Yeah. Uh, um, the pissing of his pants i I thought was silly. It was silly and yet I wouldn't say it's entirely unbelievable. no, but it just I, that it wasn't
1: necessary, let's say.
0: Couldn't you see like a Russell brand you know, back when he was a addict of some sort? Couldn't you see someone like that doing something like that on purpose at maybe? an award show yeah. I know it's 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 hard to believe, but you know he was. looking the movie. I mean, he was on pills, and he was fucking drinking. Like anything could happen with that combination.
1: Yeah, I just it,
0: it 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 just it just seems silly to me. Sure, it was, but it was. I liked uh, but I liked the moment afterward when Dice was you know, tossing him around the fucking room and threw him into the shower. Like I can't believe you're doing this to my fucking daughter. Dice was really good. Dice, he was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So great movie. Uh, sorry for the sidetrack there. It was a good day. I saw two great films. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Good on you for waiting. <clears throat> I know. Yeah, stupid me. Uh, um, so anyway, what did you think about the violent ending of this film? <laughs> um, I,
1: I, th- I thought it was fine. Uh, I, you know, I found out later that I had to be appalled about it because, apparently, Why? because apparently uh, Tarantino hates women, is what I was, what, what I was led to believe. Uh, what? He he loves women and he loves their feet. Of course, this this is all just more more crazy bullshit that we have to. There was an article I'll I'll send it to you. It was like, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, just reinforces tarantino's sh- uh, shittiness towards women and i was sitting there i'm like reading this i'm like it's so insane then and, and i'm like but he has a whole movie that invalidates just this whole premise of you know right kill bill one and two like this it, is all in just insanity that you can even it, pretend to say this
0: it's all about the power of a woman Ay. um how about how about inglorious bastards the, the French actress. Yeah. Um, my God, I mean, she has, it, it, you know, she has perfect redemption. Um, she takes out, uh, you know, a, a theater, theater full of Nazis. <laughs> you know, how is it that, where's his viewpoint that he hates women?
1: Because, I guess because Brad Pitt is beating, you know,
0: the one girl to a pulp at the end. Yeah. Uh, As anyone would if the Manson family burst into their house. Sure,
1: And, you know, uh, what was the other? uh, Oh, so that the press tour with Margot Robbie, when someone said, you know, she didn't have a lot to do. um, But they're just missing the point. That was she didn't need to have a lot to do. It was more about,
0: you know. I think that was to throw you off. Well, number one. She was a huge topic of conversation, right? I mean, the 60s. It's interesting. I read some article. It was about every generation has like its crazy murder, right? Like, we had OJ. Back then, they had this the, the, the Mansa murders. Um, and that was, she was a big part of the pop culture at that point in time. Yeah. But I don't think she was, she wasn't the focal point of this story. It was more the setup of you think this is going to be about the murders of Sharon Tate at the end, um, and it wasn't. He was throwing your scent off a little bit, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, because we're you know, I mean, it, it,
0: in a way, it's almost sicker
1: that we want to see, you know, this, uh, this, this, this person get get murdered, like that. Yeah, it's almost like we. Yeah. That's what we missed out
0: on. Like, why do not you let us see her get murdered? Yeah, like I was happy that Sharon Tate didn't get murdered because I was always I always thought I was like God, that's such a horrible story, right? Yeah. Um, as anyone would, and I I was like, wow, this is great. I actually don't have to watch her get murdered. I already know that it happened in real life. In this fantasy, this movie, this fictional tale, I like the way this turned out. I like that Brad Pitt threw that can of beans or whatever the or dog food mm-hmm. at that girl's face and smashed it. I liked it. his dog, he just, you know, snapped his fingers or he made that sound with his mouth and it started attacking, uh, who is that, Tex, what's his name? Tex, Tex Watson, whatever? yeah. Tex Watson. I loved that sequence. You, I thought it was hilarious. You know what it
1: is too, actually, and so a lot of the criticism is obviously it's from woke, from woke pussy douchebags and, you know, this was a conservative film, you know, and then you factor in that Sharon Tate was pregnant. And, you know, I don't want to debate abortion right now, but, you know, uh, what makes it even more tragic is that she was pregnant. You know, yeah. we, we can't discuss this in, in 2019, but that's that makes it horrible, uh, even more so. And, you know, and we have, uh, you know, a, a, a real man like, you know, taking, you know, taking control and, and you know, killing people. And he's a stuntman. And it's like, you know, this is all part of it. This is all part of the
0: what the pussies have to complain about. I know, and it, I, you know, I, I just love the fact that this Cliff Booth character, <clears throat> you know, they were they were just no match for him. They had no idea what they no. were walking into, walking into this guy's house. Well, I guess it was Rick Dalton's house. Um, now, t- I got two questions for you. Okay. So, Dalton has his Italian wife. Um, did you see any? Is there any parallels at all to The Godfather and Michael going over to Sicily and marrying the Italian? Is the is there anything at all do you think with Tarantino making that linkage just like paying homage to that movie? I don't think
1: so. I I didn't You don't think so. I
0: didn't get that at the time. Um no no I didn't I didn't see that. I was just trying you know the whole time I watching it I'm trying like I don't know a lot of these directors that he was a big fan of I mean i I certainly know what the spaghetti westerns were and i I've seen some of them, but I don't know a lot about it so I'm sitting here trying to think of uh, what are some connections what are some possible things that maybe he's paying homage to in Hollywood history and that just jumped into my mind but um now her being pregnant right because his his Italian wife is pregnant in this movie correct she is. I thought she was. Wasn't she pregnant? I don't know. I think she was. Okay. And so I was thinking, well that was the you know, they cuz they were trying to kill they were trying to kill everyone in the in the place. I thought she was just a substitute for Sharon Tate, except that it didn't turn out the way that it did with Sharon Tate. What
1: um what do you make of the flamethrower? <laughs> and – is that an that's, is that an
0: homage to Gloria's, his own movie or? That's a great question. I would say maybe. I wouldn't know what else unless there's some movie that I haven't seen from the '60s, and maybe there was because he was talking about. The, so the Rick Dalton character used that flamethrower in in that in a Nazi movie, right? Right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a, a. It's gotta be him paying homage to himself. Yeah, I think so. It's gotta be. Um, and everyone loved it. Oh, Every, I love that.
1: Everyone loved his that movie he was in. They all knew it. They all talked about it. They all <laughs> talked about the
0: flamethrower. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I
1: think that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're
0: we're right. Do, yeah, it was cool. Do you remember what what line he said when he? When he bursts out and he's got the flamethrower, does he say something? Before yeah, he lights time, him up. Time for burnt sauerkraut or something like that. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what it was. Burnt sauerkraut. <laughs> the movie was the movie was pretty funny too. It was. It was hilarious. I mean, look, Leonardo DiCaprio is just hilarious, and so is Brad Pitt. Man, they play that. They're just very good with with comedy and drama mixed together. Uh, they do a great job of it. They
1: couldn't have asked for a better a better vehicle for their talents. and then like as when you factor in, you know, it's so it's so interesting seeing DiCaprio like so affected by the compliment that the little girl gives him like yeah. like he needed that and it's just uh
0: it's just, It meant something to him. It's just really good stuff. It, All it just It was. Well, to see somebody who's so clearly on top of their game, like DiCaprio, playing a guy who's not, you know, I kind of like that that juxtaposition or whatever you call it, but I, it's just interesting.
1: Yes, and I loved in the Western scenes, so we're watching it as if it's a movie, and they're not really showing all the behind-the-scenes stuff until he flubs his line, Yeah, and then they start <laughs> over, and then— I was so impressed by the acting of him and Oliphant as actors saying their actual lines in this movie, inside that movie, fucking up a line inside that movie on purpose, Uh, and and, and then how the camera swings around behind Oliphant for the end of that scene, (laughs) and then they go back and make it swing back around. And then you finally see all the director and the crew behind them. I, 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 it was masterful. Everything about it just was, it it, it took you out of, of what the, what was really happening. It was brilliant. It was just fucking brilliant. That whole middle section was brilliant.
0: Oh, it really was. And then really, and I enjoyed all that. I mean, I know a lot of people were bitching about it. They, I guess they didn't get the point of it. Um, but it was all fantastic, and then you get to kind of this, like, final sequence of the movie, right, with – I guess with Cliff Booth, and he's up on the roof. He's fixing the shit for for, for Rick Dalton, and then he start, then he's heading home, I guess, and he picks up uh, – what's her name? Pussycat, the Manson girl, hmm. and just from that moment on, that whole final 45 minutes to an hour, dude, I just – I was like I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. no. It was just, you know, tense moments one after another, and Um, it it didn't hit me until, like, until like almost
1: right before it happened, where I realized, oh, the Manson people are going to come into this house. Like, I was still kind of wait, I was still waiting for him to be looking out the window and watch them walk up the hill. But then I realized, oh, this is what's this is going to be the twist here, right. But I,
0: I I wasn't sure. I was like, are they going to kill these guys? Now now when I saw that you know Cliff w- w- with Cliff being there, I I found it hard to believe that they would have taken him out. So I wasn't really that shocked that he was able to subdue them and just beat the piss out of them, fucking kill them. Um, it was a little. Uh, the only thing about the that char- the, the flamethrower is the fact that, that 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 girl was still walking around after she had yeah. a dog food can smashed in her you, you would have died on the spot sure if somebody hit you in the... so you know that was a little bit ridiculous but yeah i did that's tarantino it's gratuitous violence yeah, he loves so yeah that them. was
1: all kind of i guess almost yeah. campy in a way it's in part of it. do you have any thoughts on so you have the insecurity of of dalton you have the insecurity of tate where you know we're gonna look at it and see famous actors even had you know were hit sitcoms you know she's that next up and coming thing but like she needs to be in the theater like like seeing the audience laugh at her like to really feel good about herself and then we have all his insecurities where he's just kind of falling apart and becoming a a real drunk about everything um any any is there something deeper? What, is anything we're missing there? Is that all just to, to make us kind of connect with them? or is it just, Yeah, doesn't it humanize them? Yeah, I mean, we're all just kind of the same. I mean, yeah, we all would, 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 would love to live in the hills and be famous, but, you know, your insecurities don't leave.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, someone that, like a Margot Robbie who, you look at her, she just looks perfect. And I guess even someone like her. Um, probably has insecurities we all do right and I guess that's just maybe that was his his way of showing that and I don't know if he knew anything about Sharon Tate but you know just trying to paint this picture of yeah these people they got issues too Um, and I mean that self-realization with with uh, Dalton when he's kind of he fucked up his lines and he's in his trailer he's so fucking pissed at himself yeah before he goes out and kills it, you know, on the second time around, he's like, oh, man, I'm fucking drinking. It's like he realizes why he's screwing everything up because he's not practicing the right way. He's drinking while he's practicing his lines. You know, I just love that human side of it. You know, this guy's in there crying because he's fucking up his work. Yeah, and he's approaching it from like talking
1: to the director. He's like, you know, if, they put, if you put all this costume on me, how are they going to know it's me? Like he's not even trying to be an actor. Like he's just he just wants to be his his, his famous person,
0: right? Um, uh, another thing that I would liked besides you know the whole Spawn uh, movie ranch, um, that the, the Brad Pitt you know part of that was just amazing. But I just like in general the fact that they had that setting. He put that setting in the movie with the Spawn movie ranch, and I think it's just kind of like an iconic sort of. Los Angeles locale yeah and you know a lot of stories about it and they very well could have spent time there I guess the Manson family I, I don't know if they did or they did oh they did and they did yeah, right that, okay yeah so that that just I'd love that part of it. it it and it was really creepy um that 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 whole sequence
1: it was and then reading about it they yeah they did you know George Spahn still did live there and they just you know would trade sex to stay there um, and I guess yeah, it's true about the horseback riding and all that stuff. Um, Jesus Christ, man! You know there there was a, there was some older book written by the prosecutor that you know was all about the race war and all that stuff. But then it's been debunked by a new book that just came out. Um, but I don't I don't know too much about it beyond that. But all that stuff was yeah. true. they they were there.
0: They were. Yeah, I saw like a one of those T V movies about the and it might have been some remake of Helter Skelter, I I can't remember. I remember watching a television movie about the Manson family and I I remember seeing them in some sort of a setting like that. I never knew it was this Spawn movie ranch and it was so many years ago I watched that movie, but yeah, it was just it was just really cool that that he decided to go there with the story and to kind of show the Manson family there and Having Booth interact with them, um, and uh, you know, you got to watch Brad Pitt beat the shit out of another guy <laughs> in that scene, which is fucking hilarious. It's
1: awesome. awesome. Um, totally in control. Yeah. It
0: really was. Uh anything else you'd like to say about this film? What you what know, grade are you giving it? Oh, it's a, nah, it's an A plus. It's an A plus. Yeah, it's. I, I, I went so far as to give it an A++, to be honest with you. It's in my top five, so... Oh, wow, you're doing a
1: Jeffy uh, rating.
0: Yeah, I told you, Jeffy special. I, um... You know,
1: have you downloaded the soundtrack yet?
0: I haven't. I'm going to. I kind of... It it slipped my mind this week. I wanted to when I walked out.
1: How he finds... How he finds songs... Now, I don't know every song in the world, but... There was a Mama and Papa song that I I really don't know. Like I only know their hits, I guess. But yeah. it was such an awesome. It's called Straight Shooter. Do you know what song I'm talking about? It Sounds familiar. It like
0: I think I I think I remember it. Like what a great riff to start this
1: song. I never heard this song before. Yeah. And me neither. And it, it turns a little Mama and Papas. I'm not. You know, the biggest fans of just the boring harmonies. I feel like they kind of ruined the riff. Well, the
0: fucking tambourine. Yeah, I feel like they the ruined the riff. The
1: window. But uh,
0: just, you know,
1: oh, my God, so many great songs here. The Bob Seger, rambin' and Gamble Man, um, even some Deep Purple. Like, you know, just these songs. And then the Paul Revere, of course, and the Raiders. I yeah. mean, who the fuck would have – You. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess he – It's hard to say because Scorsese is so good with this stuff, but I think Tarantino – I'm waiting for someone to really do a deep dive into these songs because usually he, like, syncs up the lyrics to the scene, like, almost to perfection.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's been doing it forever, all the way back to Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, Little Green Bag. I had never even heard that fucking song in my life. Of course not. Um, uh, but you know, and and then obviously some, some more well-known ones like, uh, Stuck in the Middle with You, obviously from Reservoir Dogs, but you think about it movie after movie, even Pulp Fiction, I mean, just these, like, 60s beach songs that he throws into the mix, like, where, he's gotta have, it's, it can't just be him, he's gotta have somebody who, like, majored in music in college from probably fucking Berkeley, uh, you know, who's helping him with this, right? I, he can't know all these, all this music also on top of all the film. I
1: think he does. I think he just has one of those steel trap minds that he just remembers all this shit because, was because then you, you can't help but wonder, all right, yeah, he worked in a video store and he, you know, who knows what other jobs he had. So I get it. He watched a lot of movies, but I mean, how many times did he watch the good, the bad and the ugly? A zillion? I mean, I've watched the same movies over and over, but he seems to know all the movies. And he seems to know all the songs. Like he does. Maybe he really just didn't it's so all he did was listen to music
0: and watch movies. Good for him. Good for he, us. He's obviously been doing I know, good for us. He's obviously been doing all the shit that he just loves the most. He's got his own movie theater out in LA, yeah. right? He curates all these, you know, films from the sixties and seventies and maybe even older, I don't know, but um yeah, I listened to him on a he, – he was on this pure – I think I might have shared it with you. Pure Cinema, I think, is the podcast, Pure Cinema podcast, and they're actually people that work with his theater, and they had him on for an episode. And really the whole episode, it was recent, he talked just about all the inspirations for this movie. So you might want to listen to it because it's interesting talking about some of those westerns and just all the different actors from back then people you've definitely never heard of right but he seems and to know just the entire history of Hollywood
1: well like, I already started like I said with the Great Escape and I'm gonna keep on going down I've seen a few articles from him this week even in relation to this movie I know I know Scorsese is already out there like with his top 100 I mean it's such a daunting task to think to, to re-watch these movies. And then yeah and then also in the back of my mind I'm you know since I'm so used to modern day movies you know these old movies they take the time and you know in the back of my mind I'm, I'm a little afraid that I might be too much of a dumbass now you know to sit to sit <laughs> through like you know public enemy number one or whatever classic movies like you know I might not appreciate and appreciate it,
0: it. Right. it. yeah I I can appreciate some of these classics, but I can't say that I've seen a lot of them. You know, I, I guess I've seen the biggies, Citizen Kane, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, I was always... A, it's a big... It's a wonderful life fan. <laughs> you know, the sappy shit. Um, I always mean to get into, like... You know, I've seen
1: probably, like, three Hitchcock movies, and I've seen them a few times, but, I like, I want to get... You know, see them all. I especially love... I do love that... Late '50s, early '60s vibe when you know when they first got color, and you know all the interesting <laughs> architecture in the cars back then. So I do love, kind of love that. But yeah, it's just like a, it's just a daunting task. Like, you know, with having a job and a family and and you know watching a million TV shows and listening to podcasts and football season's yeah. coming. Like I, 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 right. I, I don't have time to just watch a classic movie. I mean, I gotta watch you know fucking. Jersey Shore.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's the problem. You're watching Double Shot of Love. You could be watching, uh, you know, fucking Gary Cooper movies <laughs> and shit. But I can't keep up with the films and television shows of this era. Let alone go back I and know. watch shit from the '60s and '70s. <laughs> you know, but I will say that, like the late '60s to late '70s, is just it's just my favorite time period. You know, if I if I could pick one, mm-hmm. it's it's just my favorite, and I love anything from it. And at any time like a movie, like a 70s movies on, if it was a Steve McQueen movie or Burt Reynolds, or I'll watch it, man. I'm in. Like if I flip through and I find something like that on, I stay on it. It's just a matter of identifying what are the movies I should be watching from that era. I, I don't know enough about it. I guess I should listen to Tarantino. Yeah, we got to listen to him and Scorsese and just start there. Yeah. Like these are the mo- films you should be watching. I know the problem is some. Of, there's some farm films that they want you to watch, especially with Scorsese. Yes, there are a lot of Italian and and French cinema that he was inspired by. So I don't know if I'm down for that yet. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, or not. Um. Hey, by the way, are are you going to see The Kitchen?
1: Uh, the George Costanza off Broadway play?
0: No, it's <laughs> it's the Melissa McCarthy movie about these wives of these mobsters who go to jail. The wives are stuck living in Hell's Kitchen and it looks like a true story of uh, I suppose that they started running their own crew in Hell's Kitchen. You haven't seen the previews for this yet? No. Oh, okay. I'll be interested, I want to hear, try to look up the trailer, you know, sometime this week, okay. coming up, and then let me know your thoughts. Alright. I'm just interested to hear whether or not it's a movie that you will entertain seeing. Is it a comedy? No. Oh. No. Hmm. No, it's it's serious. It's it's, it's it's you know, it's a mobster movie in some respects. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. The, uh, heavyset gal. Yes. Big in the hips, roomy.
1: All right. I'll I'll, I'll look for that.
0: Um, okay. Uh, all right. We're done with Once Upon a Time. It is... (laughs) 2.30. And we are almost at two hours here.
1: Once Upon a Time in New Jersey.
0: Once Upon a Time, it was fucking 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) What are we going to
1: do about the poor Bachelor finale?
0: Um... Well, I don't know that we'll be able to devote as much time to it as we want to, but why don't we give a few thoughts and we could dive in deeper next time?
1: Uh, I was in Nashville this week and I was walking around. The, have you ever been
0: to Nashville? No, Memphis, unfortunately, not Nashville. I heard Nashville's beautiful.
1: Man, Nashville's kind of similar to Memphis, I guess. It has like a main drag and it's got it's all just full of bars and they're all like three stories plus a roof and then open open patios on every place and on the oh, okay. yeah and on the first floor of every bar there will be a band and the windows will be open like the, the floor to ceiling windows open. And you will you'll, you'll be looking at the back of the drummer uh, of, of like every band. Like every other bar has a band like that. And right. I was thinking of that douchebag Jed and it's horrible first of all I don't know how I don't know how she picked him over the other two anyway just in general uh, the, Pete, the Pete and Tyler but I, so I don't know what she was so enthralled about but this douchebag running around with his guitar he can't sing I don't even think he can make it onto Broadway in Nashville because uh, <laughs> they actually you know some of those group, the group... do they have an off Broadway scene in Nashville <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, you can buy the construction sites or something. But, you know, I, the, this is the only only uh, problem I have with Hannah this whole season is, like, her family's telling her, and she just does not want to listen about this guy. And actually, our pal Mallory Rubin had a great point of that that Hannah's just, just, like, stubborn. And when someone tells her something to do, you know, she just hates that. And usually it works out well because it's more of, like, you know, she's not going to let like a man tell her what to do and she's going to be in, tr- in control of herself. And so normally you're like, her, yes, like, you know, cheering for her. But in this case, her stubbornness, like, kept this idiot around it. What a douchebag. What, like, I can't believe, like, how, you know, he knows he's on TV, right? right? He knows there's cameras around. Like, he didn't forget this. Like, he's <laughs> not going to get away with this.
0: Like, he, he's not going to get away with this crime. Well, I. I've, I've, my thoughts on this are well. Number one, my thoughts on why she selected him because I was in shock. I mean, I, I look. If I was a woman, I'm picking Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. You know, like I get the infatuation with this guy. He's an all around just like he's a great looking guy. It looks like he's probably going to be a Calvin Klein model. Yes, he's got a great personality. He does he's super friendly. Like he's super friendly. Like all the guys love. Right. Her. Like he's a guy's guy, but he's also a guy that you know the women love so I just had no comprehension of how she didn't select him as number one. Right. Why she even took jed over Peter she uh. fucked Peter in a windmill four times so I thought that I thought he yeah I thought that he was in um and I thought I was locking in second place in our in our league so I'm really fucking pissed about this <laughs> um because that probably killed me because yeah. I'm assuming jed getting the rose probably put Melinda above me but um my theory is i I think that. He wasn't in love with her, and the more, if it got out, it was still going to be something that he was recognized for, and it was going to make him famous either way. That was my take on it. I don't think that he was really, truly in love with her. I didn't get that sense at all. God, I, I hope he sounded so mechanical when he said. I hope
1: it. he was a little bit, because if not, then he is,
0: then he is, he's one of the worst people that's ever been. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, did you hear what he did to that girl? Yeah. I mean, he I forgot he was telling her he loved her like the day that he left. They were taking real trips. They were like in the Bahamas. That's not that's not just someone you're banging. Could you have done that to a woman like literally just left and went and started a new relationship with someone else and then got engaged and then (laughs) denounced the fact that you were ever with her, really, and that you loved her? I mean, uh, that's fucking cruel, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, in our day, even in, in you know
1: the '90s, we probably could have gotten away with it. There was no internet, but would would you have
0: done it? Would I? Have done- I can't see myself doing it. No, that, I mean, I, I can't. No, I trust me. I, I can't. About- I dumped girls.
1: No, I mean, I've never, I've never done anything. It's I've never done any such thing. Um, I- I've dumped a woman close, before,
0: but-, but not in that fashion. No,
1: I've never even, I've never ever cheated on anybody now that I think of it.
0: No, that's, and that's the thing, like he, he was basically just never ended that relationship and I guess assumed that it wasn't going to come out, or he thought, well, if it comes out, maybe it'll make, it'll be a big deal and I'll get some notoriety out of it.
1: I have to believe that he did have feelings for Hannah a little bit, or otherwise, like he's just pure evil.
0: Well, I mean, or he just wants to be famous. Well now he's infamous. I mean, we, we, yeah, I mean, he's not that didn't work out well for him. No,
1: they're making fun of that
0: jingle he did for some dog food. I mean, I'm
1: sure the yes. dog food company's going to you know cut bait. Um he does not have a good voice. I mean, like I don't, you know, it's all just sappy bullshit, I mean.
0: I don't But I mean, that's not a great voice. I mean, he he doesn't sound like fucking uh, Keith Urban or, or, or any of these other guys that I have these country singers, he he doesn't have a his he sings like in a whisper or something. Yeah, you can even you can almost fake a
1: country like voice, but he doesn't even do that. But no, and, you know, but Hannah still comes out on top. Tyler's a winner. Tyler doesn't even. Uh, Tyler is so, you know, he's such a good bro, and he's such he's such a good looking guy that. He is so confident in, in, in himself and just life that oh, yeah. he doesn't care that she was banging people. And people, are, you know, uh, I think Mallory mentioned that, too, that, you know, he was chosen second and he probably won't end up with her because he didn't want to come in second. But that dude, that dude doesn't care that he came in second. It's not like he's hurting for pussy. So he's like, yeah, I, you know, if he really does love her, like he said on the show, I think he's even fine with that if he was chosen second and understands what a crazy situation the whole show was anyway.
0: I would go so far as to say that that guy could get a lineup of women that would rival Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, absolutely. And I, now he's nowhere near as famous um but he, he 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 could clean up. Well, easily. He's getting there with followers on
1: Instagram. My only Oh, I know. He's got like a couple million. My one concern is so now we're all rooting for him and Hannah to, you know, start dating, right? And Obviously he's seen what a star he's become and what how he could use this but I I'm gonna say that I believed him on the show that he really did fall in love with her and wants to be with her and even though he was booted off I want to say that it's not going to change and I'll be a little disappointed if they don't date for at least a year or six months or something if he goes right to just banging then I'll be then I'll be a little sad.
0: I I have two thoughts here as I'm listening to you go through this. Number one, if your son was anywhere in the vicinity right now, he would be fucking – he would be disemboweling you. (laughs) He would just be slicing and dicing you right now. He would destroy you. That's my number one. Number two, I can't believe I'm listening to maybe one of the world's top five cynics talk about this chance at love. That Tyler and Hannah have, I'm am in amazement. This is unbelievable. This is if only if only the world knew the the significance of this conversation we're having right now, and it's marking history that you are talking like this. It's unbelievable.
1: It's a good point.
0: Right? Am I right? I believe in love again, Johnny. You do, apparently. It must have been that Eagles Super Bowl victory (laughs) from a few years ago. Oh. It's really changed your outlook on life. Guess what? Drove by my close –
1: there's a Catholic church by me. There's confession tomorrow from like 10.30 to 11.30. Um, Now, Hayden has a game at 9, but I'm going to try to get to confession tomorrow. Um, Otherwise, I'm not sure where else I can go. I'm not going to drive all over to South Jersey for, for confession but my intention is to go tomorrow and to get the Eagle season
0: started off on the right foot. It's a good idea. It's a bit early, It's bit early, but uh, it's a good idea. It's preemptive. I like it. Just uh, please don't start going down the Luke P path. I-, I don't need to be doing a podcast with a Holy Roller uh, bi- Bible thumper.
1: Yeah. You know, well, I-, I hope you have Jesus in your heart and uh, I t- I do. If you don't have him in your heart, I, I starting exactly do. the same moment I did. Did we talk about Luke P when a monster, another monster? But this, and this is why this season was great. You had this crazy Luke P, the Hannah apology to America, looking into the camera. Holy! Oh, I know.
0: That was, that was out of this world. Like, what a moment for her! It really was. I agree. Yeah, she was. That was very honest. It was a very honest moment. She, she was again. Last season, she was unable to
1: say, "I toast to world peace." like she couldn't even gather her thoughts. now she's telling America like the mis- i i i just i'm I'm
0: so proud of her. love everything she said She, was, she was so enamored of that version last year i I don't know why, but they were all just like puddles around him. They loved that Colton, yeah, I guess. They did. They were all just – they were worshiping him. I'm looking forward to uh, Bachelor in Paradise, my friend. Uh, it's your first one, yeah. It is. It really looks – I mean, I, all the tears that are being shed. I saw John Paul Jones breaking down. I know. In, in tears. What could happen? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, what's his name? The uh, Derek, one of the guys from this season. He's there crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, i saw a fight i saw john paul jones getting in someone's face oh yeah uh that that weirdo cam who thinks that he can freestyle rap (laughs) uh yeah i'm interested demi looks like she's rolling around on a bed with a woman to me yeah
1: things 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 get crazy down down in mexico
0: i guess so uh but so i'm looking forward to bachelor in paradise
1: yeah so great this is a great season Great job. I'm I'm rooting for love and and for Hannah and Tyler to finally, finally, I want Tyler to finally get laid with Hannah. He deserves it. Uh,
0: Yeah, well, I'm guessing that's already happened by now. Let's hope so. Let's hope it happens. Oh, please. Please. Uh, How did it not happen? I think they're already, I just saw something on Instagram, like, they've already started. I think they're getting a place together. You know what? Like I, I I think they're moving right to the next track of this relationship.
1: Even if he's completely calculated, just kudos for him to say, "Yeah, that's cool. Fantasy sweet. Yeah, I don't I don't need to get late tonight. Whatever you need to do." And then when he comes on the show, he's like, "I was so I was so proud watching you and your journey, you know. Like he didn't care that she was banging everybody she saw. Like he had no just not a care in the world. No. Like just per- played it perfectly. I'm hoping it's sincere. We'll see.
0: Either way, that guy's definitely sincere, man. He's got a good family. You could tell. Like his dad seems like a really cool guy. No, I I can't see him being. He's not a snake. Tyler. He's not. He.
1: Tyler Cameron has changed the ultimate cynic.
0: I know. My God. Yeah. I think you might have a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little thing, a little something, man crush, whatever they call it. I could. I could see
1: me, Tyler, Bradley Cooper.
0: <laughs> what? D- down in Florida. On- oh, wow. You're going. <laughs> this is beyond Brokeback Mountain. It's like a whole new movie that you're uh, piecing together in your mind. Yeah. You guys out on a boat, maybe? Nah, down in the Florida Keys? Yeah, it's a Thursday night. We're watching some Eagles preseason. Uh, it you is know. Like a ma- it's a manly situation. Yeah, then,
1: you know, who knows where it goes. We'll see.
0: You and Bradley both reach for a wing at the same time. Your hands touch. <laughs> he wipes some wings. He wipes some wing sauce off your, you know, the corner of your mouth.
1: We talk about how much we love Greg Leszczynski and Larry Christensen. <laughs> Bake McBride. Does he, now, is he talking in his uh, Jackson Maine voice or is he talking normally?
0: He's talking. It, Jackson Maine is his Eddie Vedder voice. And I, I believe that he's talking in just his plain old Bradley Cooper voice.
1: Now, what do we do with Tyler? Do we make him like uh you know, he, we now we know he's like a great dancer. Make him maybe show us a few shows a couple of couple of the fucking steps.
0: I think he, you know, you guys are te- you and Bradley are teaching him like how to do an Eagles chant uh, and he gets up and starts like dancing a little bit. Uh he and then he goes to get you a beer. He drops the bottle opener in your lap. He reaches down to grab it. It's awkward for a moment. But then you're kind of like, ah, oh, keep your hand there maybe for a second longer. This is this is what I'm, I'm picturing for you guys.
1: Okay.
0: Is this, this is any of this sounding good? Uh, you want this to happen? Are you
1: are you transferring an existing
0: fantasy onto me, or is you just no? This it thing, sounded like you to, had this. What came to your yeah, mind? I'm just, I'll just look. I'm a writer, so I could I could come up yeah. with these scenarios. You know, you could just interchange this with guys and girls. It's all the same can becca
1: from life goes on come too all Right, it's all it's a party
0: uh, wow you're really you're going orgy now yeah, well, why not yeah she could come along uh who else who else who, who else would you invite anyone any eighty stars oh my god he, oh my that Mallory Keaton that list no not Mallory that list is endless I, there's not enough room in my house
1: for everybody I want <laughs> coming down
0: Give me the uh, give me the sisters from Too Close for Comfort, please. This, oh, this yeah, Lydia Cornell, have her come down. This is
1: why I'm going to, <laughs> this is why I'm going to confession. So hopefully there's a heaven and I'll be up there banging eighties sitcom stars.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be banging Monroe. <laughs> Jim <laughs> J. Jim, oh, uh, Jim J. Bullock. I know, God, I can't believe he's still alive. That guy. Why
1: doesn't he have an I in his name?
0: <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I mean, that's a that, I don't that's know. a choice, right? Or was he actually named that? Hold on. It's got to be a choice. That's like a Hollywood thing. He thought it was gonna help. <laughs> I'm pretty sure "Too Close for Comfort" was the last thing that he did.
1: What if his? What if his? Well, actually, no. His first name can't be initials because he has a middle initial in his name. <laughs> it's all
0: it's just all letters <laughs> there's there's middle initials there's second uh, initials first ones fourth hold on he's james
1: jackson bullock james jackson
0: yeah see so he did that for
1: Hollywood. sometimes credited as jim j but wasn't it jm j on the show i'm not crazy his name but everyone's it was but everyone called him jim j Bullock. but his official name was spelled jm J M. Yes. J.
0: Period yeah. book. Right. I'm not nuts. Uh, no, I think you're right about that. He's from
1: Casper, Wyoming. Huh. It's a
0: good old boy. Yeah. Personal life. Let's see what he's doing now. Uh oh. Yeah, he sounded southern, or whatever. Not just southern. What am I saying? He sounded like a western guy. Oh, look at. In 1999,
1: he was arrested in West Hollywood.
0: Oh, geez, what was he doing? Possession of crystal meth. Oh god, that's a bad turn.
1: Well he had a partner die from AIDS.
0: Well that's that's a shame. Yeah. That is sad. That's in the 90s. Um crystal meth though, that's a that's a bad path. He had a show with Tammy Faye Baker? Oh my lord. Yes. Yes he did. What the hell was that? I I remember that.
1: <laughs> that's from ninety
0: six. A briefly syndicated um, talk show yes that's right i remember this wow. i'm almost positive i listened to like howard stern commenting on that <laughs> that's got to be the only way that i would have known that that show was actually a thing
1: i'm so mad that he's everyone now he, he everywhere i'm looking now his name is spelled J J I M. it's
0: bullshit they corrected it maybe that's one of those uh uh, what do they call that? The, uh, maybe the Mandela, Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. <laughs> where you think that... It's like the Bernstein Bears. Where you think it was spelled a certain way, but now that you go back and look, it was not. No, I know it was. Maybe it's the Mandela effect. Listen, I have a friend named Jimmy.
1: And, you know, since we're both in our 40s, and we can... You know, back in the day, we would tease each other about being gay. His, his contact name on my phone is Jim J and then his real last name. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it was a I know it was a JMJ.
0: Right. That's good. I like that. That's a good that that's a good nickname you gave me. Uh, God
1: damn it, I'm never changing it because fuck it. If I can't make fun of my friend for being gay, then who can I make fun of my fuck? <laughs> I just talked about having can... a threesome with fucking Bradley Cooper and <laughs>
0: Tyler's <Coward. laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting choice you made there, <laughs> but I will bet there's a lot of men who would have done the same thing. Well, not me, but there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah,
0: thank you. No, I admit Tyler was a—he was a great-looking guy. I was happy for him. Um, he's got to be one of the most popular people on Earth as of this week. <laughs> yes. Um, that'll 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 fade eventually because he is just someone from The Bachelorette, but. Yeah, he, he's he's living a charmed life at this moment.
1: Yeah, he, he was killing it on, on Instagram while everything else was was falling apart for all the other douchebags on the show. Um,
0: yeah, everyone else just crumbled. Even Peter, didn't Pete... he's He's got, like, some past relationship or something that he wasn't really forthcoming about, I think.
1: Uh-oh, hold on, listen to this. His recent post. Who, Tyler? Yeah. <clears throat> Dear H.B., what a ride. I'll make this short and sweet. This journey with you is something I will always cherish. I am so grateful for all the experiences that we shared together. You taught me so much about myself and pushed me to be a better man. I learned so much from you, and so did the rest of Bachelor Nation. You were what we all needed as a lead. You showed strength and grace in this beautiful way. You kept it real and gave us all of you. As one chapter closes, another one begins. The world is yours, girl. I'm excited to see what you do with it, but looking for- and then looking forward to that drink. Forever your biggest fan, TC.
0: Wow! So they didn't go get a drink, and excited. I don't know. Maybe excited to see what you do with the world. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he's thinking uh, he he doesn't need her anymore. (laughs) Maybe he's not as virtuous as you would hope. He certainly doesn't need her, but. He's just a you know a, a small town guy from Jupiter, Florida, who wants to go out on his fishing boat. And I'm sure he's there's plenty of uh, chicks he can go pick up on Daytona Beach or in Fort Lauderdale. He could join Bob Kraft at uh, Orchids of Asia. He doesn't need to do that. He does. Uh, not But Jud Jud might need to uh, get that that address off of Bob Craft. <laughs> How about what
1: Jud said? Uh,
0: that he won the he won the show. Wow, man, yep. that was awful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like he wasn't in love with me. Yeah, he probably wasn't. God, what an asshole. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, he. Uh, that's cruel, man. I think. I. But yeah, he. Yeah, he's a, he's a
1: sociopath because, like, again. It was on TV. It was all being recorded. You couldn't. You know. You can't, you can't, Mr. T, Jedi mind trick your way out of this. We all saw you do all this stuff. You can't say.
0: Oh, yeah, that was absurd. Him trying to backpedal. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I got to say, if I was Tyler, I'd probably be a little pissed at him. Like, dude, you weren't in this for real. Like, I could have, not that he wanted to win, but like he wanted to be, he actually wanted to wind up with Hannah. And she chose Jed over him, and meanwhile, Jed was putting on this facade of who he was. And I honestly think she fell for him because he's a musician, yeah. like yeah. most women in this world do. Yeah, she loves,
1: she swooned when that guitar came out.
0: They all do, you know, man. The one, trust me, if someone came up and was playing guitar in front of Melinda, <laughs> and sounded better than Jed, of course, so... you know, you might, you might be in trouble. <laughs> you know, you know,
1: the one big mistake she did make was. She kept referring to like the last date as her engagement day. Like someone needs to say like, you don't have to be in, get engaged on this day. You can just say you get the will you accept this rose, and we'll see how it goes. Like she was hung up on this being an engagement,
0: which is uh, I guess she was in love with
1: him. Well, and that's the other thing too. If she chooses Pete or Tyler, she's still engaged right
0: now. You know, obviously. I would think so. They were serious. Pete was devastated, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, that was a tough one.
0: Poor Pete. I was surprised. I, I was really surprised. I, I thought that he was clearly going to be one of her final two. Um, that shocked me. Yeah. But, hey, that's what made it exciting. It was unexpected. It was all unexpected, just like last season. Last season was crazy. It's,
1: you know we make fun of Chris Harrison, but it was the most dramatic Bachelor ever.
0: He was correct. I love that Chris Harrison now.
1: Yeah, he's good on the po- he's good on to- the podcast too.
0: Oh, is yeah. he? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't listen to any of these podcasts about uh, about the show. Maybe I should. I just I can't listen to Mallory Rubin, man. But she's not always. Can't. She was actually subbing. Um. Oh really? Yeah, just, okay.
1: actually believe it or not, the other person is is pretty awful. Um so I was kind of <laughs> was even happy to hear Mal, believe it or not.
0: You're happy <laughs> you were happy Mal was on. Yeah. Um I can't stand Mal, I can't stand Jason, no. Concepcion. I've been listening nonstop to Rewatchable. I recommend the Rewatchables podcast to anyone. Ryan I talk it up all the time. Did you listen to the town
1: one yet with Rusillo?
0: Oh no! Don't tell me about it, because I love the town. I honestly I forgot that they that they reviewed that movie.
1: Rosillo was awesome. He was a tour de
0: force on this spot. Really? Yeah. Okay. I will listen. I I like I love everyone on there. I mean, I don't love it when Concepcion's on there. Yeah. I don't love it when Mal's on there, but I like the rest of them. They're all great and they know a lot about film and they're really insightful. Um and they pick movies that i love that's what i like best about yeah yes yeah, um
1: she, yeah she gets into her lanes of oh well fuck it who cares? i don't want to talk about her
0: yeah i don't either i actually i didn't mind her top gun takes i listened to that this week and i because i love top gun did you even see top gun yeah oh, okay well there are a lot of movies in the 80s uh, that you fucking miss yeah, that's true I was going to say, my God, even my daughter's seen Top Gun. She watched it with me. Um, but, yeah, her takes on Top Gun were not horrible. Uh, she's just uh, an annoying asshole. She is. And I don't want to hear
1: about young people talking about
0: movies we kind of grew up with. I'm not interested in that. I know. Come on. Jesus. what? what how old is she? Was she in her 30s? Yeah, like she wasn't even born when that movie came out. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, that's a movie from our youth.
1: Right. They can't. Whatever.
0: It's like Point Break. Like, we own these movies. Yes. Our generation. Those are ours. Don't, don't come in and try and offer your commentary. We don't care. You're a millennial. I don't want to go off on that tangent. No. I don't dislike millennials either, honestly. Just some of them. Hey, I dislike a lot of Gen X people, too, in my generation. So. Hey, man.
1: I'm traveling all the time. You know what I realized as I was sitting in my seat and on in, in, in my flights this week? I was kind of calculating it up, and I thought you would appreciate this. I'm, I'm probably on, I'd say, 70 flights a year, you know, usually two, sometimes three a week. Um, so 70, so that's out of the 70 people that I've sat next to in a year, would you like to guess how many I speak to? Uh,
0: per year? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say under five.
1: Absolutely. It, oh, okay. I'm it, correct. It's probably zero. I was thinking about it. I never. No. I never acknowledge the person next to me. I never make eye contact. Um, it, even if they start invading my space, usually I'm in the good seat that has a solid armrest. So I don't have to feel their ass on me, but even if their arms start encroaching, I just kind of move over. I don't say, a f- sometimes they'll tap me if like the stewardess wants me or something. I, I have, I haven't had one conversation with anyone sitting next to me. If I have, it's, it was years ago. And so, yeah, it was probably under, it might be under five. For the seven years I've had this job traveling.
0: I, I mean, look, this is the person I was talking about earlier. <laughs> the, the, this cynical person that hates people, that hates the world. I shouldn't say hates people. I wouldn't say that about you. But, you know, you don't love to talk to people. Most people annoy you. You're just like your son. Um, and trust me, I have those same sorts of things. I don't sit down and fucking start gabbing with people on a plane. Are you kidding me? I'd much rather just plug in, watch something on my phone, or read a book. Uh, no. I'm with you. But, yeah, you're. I believe it. I'd have been surprised if you told me more than five yeah. for sure. It's
1: shocking. I was even shocked as I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I never, never talk to anybody. Never. Never even just say – never even, like, look at them looking, like a, hey, what's up, eyebrow razor. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs>
0: When, when, when a at a customer service person say like a cashier or something like that, somebody like that, when they strike up a conversation with you, do you engage or do you withdraw? I, I
1: I'll, I'll engage. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll you know answer their questions or or say whatever. But you know what? I, I've been I've been burned like, I've been burned too many times too. Like today, I was getting my car washed, and. I never thought about it before because I used to always drive. I used to work for used car dealers. So I've driven every shitbox you can imagine from the 80s and 90s. And so right. I've done a ton of pushing cars or, you know, moving cars around car lots and, and driving like, you know, with with the door open and like half my body in the car and half out driving. So I was kind of pulling up to uh, up to the car wash where you would put it into the little groove. And I had the door, yeah. I had the door open, and the car wanted wanted to drive, and it kept like putting itself automatically in park. And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I kept trying to do it, and kept doing it. Then I, then I shut the door, and then it let me put it in drive. And I'm like, "Ah." Oh. And so now like, the, the guy, the car wash guy, was watching me. You know, this this slack jawed yokel. And, <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I said, "Oh," I said, "You know what? I, this is one of the newer cars I've had. I've never." I guess I never tried to drive without the door open, and it turns out you can't. Right. And, that's safe. Right? And I was like, oh, I just, you know, so I, I started a conversation with this guy, and he just was like, yeah, what
0: wash do you want? Oh, boy. Right? He didn't even. He rejected you. Yeah.
1: And so then I, you know, then I, it, it kind of me back to reality. I'm like, yeah, that's right. This is why I don't talk to people, because
0: then when, when when I actually do say things, no one gives a fuck. Yeah, no stopping chats. As uh, Larry David nah. would say, nah. you don't need them. I, I, it's all too much. It's all.
1: Too, it, and then you. And then you. You know the travelers. I like watching. I was watching other people complain about other people this week. That was fun. Complaining about getting on shuttles, and this woman was complaining about how nobody was moving. They were just standing in doorways, and, and what if it, I was like, <laughs> Yeah, no shit, bitch. This is what happened. Yeah, live in my world. This happened to you once. Yeah. Like yeah, it never it never ends. It never fucking ends. People just stop <laughs> people stop dead no matter where they are. Everyone is in their own world.
0: Yeah, people you should hear uh I I'm the one who goes to the grocery store in our house. Me too. If Maureen goes like she's close to murdering someone every time we go. <laughs> so, it's just better if she stays at home and I go to the grocery shopping. I'm a little more patient with it. The people don't bother me as much, um, but I get it. But it's like at the grocery store every time you're fucking behind people like they're in their own world, just like coasting along like the fucking happy wanderer (laughs) with their cart. And they just have no sense of like, oh, somebody's behind me. And like, maybe I should just move a little bit faster and not stand in the middle of the fucking aisle. Are you kidding me? Like, what is wrong with people? Nobody does, nobody does.
1: It's humble It's 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 endless, man. It never stops. It never stops. This is why I can't talk to these people.
0: No. I stand by. It's getting late. You could tell. I'm starting. I'm starting to feel bitter and getting a little. <laughs> it's ter- I'm turning morose now with my commentary. It could be time to Listen, it could be Time to wrap it up. It it may be. We're at two. Just about at two two hours and thirty minutes. Whoa. It's, this is like the godfather of, of our episodes right now. We're
1: almost able to sync this up backwards to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And <laughs> yeah. Like Pink Floyd it's, and Wizard of Oz. It's more like
0: the length of Once Upon a Time in America. <laughs> did you ever see that movie?
1: I, I did Once Upon
0: a Fucking yeah. four hours yeah. long, I think. That was like four VHS tapes back in the day. <laughs> it was. That was like a th- – yes. You're right. You're right. It came in like a whole stack it had like four different <laughs> sleeves oh shit um i still have rewinding fees i had to pay on that movie <laughs> i think i'm gonna take us oh. out this week by the way uh with with a, a little tarantino music oh good idea um absolutely uh it, it it'll be to your delight trust me oh. so I, th- I think you'll enjoy I'm it. i'm excited. Uh, well, listen. I, hey, I gave your appearance on this podcast tonight an A plus. Oh, How you like that? Oh, Johnny
1: cakes. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: I, I for all the negative talking I do about you and just your general <laughs> persona and outlook on life, I actually respect you. Right back, right back at you, buddy. I uh, I appreciate I'm it. I'm sorry you beat me to that punch. I, I would have said it first. I'm sure you would have. Uh, but you know, you would still if if if, if there was a, a room and me and Bradley Cooper and Tyler C. were in it, I know I'd be the the one left out. Uh, if you only had two 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 chairs, I know I'm standing. Well, you know, I might
1: let you join in in that group, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you sat next to me on a plane, I would strike up a conversation with you.
0: Ah, uh, see, that, that actually means something. I know that that actually, that, that's a compliment see? right there. You're welcome. I, I appreciate that. Wow. Um. Listen, good work this week. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, I think that we paid everyone back here for the two weeks off with a fucking almost a three-hour podcast. So, So there. Hope you enjoyed listening to (laughs) us.
1: Part one, part two. You're going to take us out here? here? I will, Johnny Cakes. Do me a favor. Put a smile on your face.